Cooperative podcast. I'm your host, Nave, and I'm here with my co-op partner, Philip. Each pod, we play through a cooperative experience and relate to you, the listener, if this game is the creme de la creme of co-op or something better off playing solo, but not this time. Philip had his power taken out by nature itself, but I am joined by the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. How are you doing, my friend? Um, well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm checking out your are you on video too? Like when you send this out, or is it only on audio? This show it'll it'll only be audio. Yeah. Oh, okay, because cool. so for the audience, I'm <clears throat> I'm just checking out your background. Very gamer background. You know, you got the, <laughs> the you even have the rock band drum kit hang, hang, hanging out there. Nothing skews corroboration like rock band. You yeah, have the I, real life drum kit in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have my I have my kit in the background, but I love it. I I, I love the uh, the scene. It reminds me a lot of my place in San Francisco, actually. So yeah, thank you for having me. It's good to be here. All right. We usually start off our show whenever we have a new co-op guest with our co-op question. Do you have any memories that stand out whenever you think about cooperative video games? I know from being a longtime listener of uh, Sacred Symbols that you don't really play games multiplayer anymore, but I know that whenever you were younger, you used to play with your family. So do you have anything that really stands out when you think about cooperation? Definitely. I mean, I, <clears throat> it reminds me of my brother a lot, Dagan, who's the co-host of our, a couple of our podcasts at last stand and um he's older than me and he would introduce me to a lot of games so it, it's funny it brings up a few things like uh, we're gonna do mario 3 soon on knockback and uh, in the coming month and that game reminds me of him a lot because we would play that together and you know i like games like that where you're taking turns i guess i'm a very turn-based person even in <laughs> it, from a higher level where i don't want to be competitive too much i like brawlers a lot actually and that's the one the one genre I'll actually still play with people. So when Shredder's Revenge came out this past summer, I played that with Micah, my fiance, mm. because I feel like you're supposed to play those games with someone else. And that goes all the oh, way yeah. back to any to the NES and Ninja Turtle arcade game and um, some of the Genesis games like Golden Axe and Final Fight and <clears throat> or Final Fight being on SNES. And so, yeah, that's kind of the stuff I I think about when I um when I think about playing with each other. And then I think about all the times that I've basically failed playing with someone more in more modern times. Like uh, <laughs> my ex-girlfriend, to her credit, would try to play games. And I remember we played Overcooked together and I re- I wanted to break up with her like right <laughs> there. I couldn't take, like it was so bad. And, um, and so situations like that where it's funny, or we tried to play a way out as well. Like you just have to kind of understand games a little better to play those games. I appreciate her trying, of course, but... So yeah, in the more modern era, that's what it reminds me of. But yeah, I typically play by myself, even games that are designed to play with other people. Like I'm a huge Division fan and a huge Far Cry fan. And those games are made to play with other people, but I, I play them by myself. What you were talking about just a second ago reminded me how Chris Reagan was talking about he got his uh, parents to play Portal thinking that it was an easy game. And it was just, you're like, oh, you don't realize how much you know until you see someone who has no, no idea. Right, totally. And and by the way, I'm horrible at Portal. I just have very firm memories of playing that at IGN when the Orange Box came out in 2007. And uh, it really reminded me how, how I'm not as smart as I think I am. And <clears throat> you probably could still <laughs> put that game in front of me, and I probably still wouldn't be able to do anything. My best friend Ramon just, uh, he's getting into games again the last few years, and he just started playing Portal on his Switch. And uh, he's like, do you are you into this game? I'm like, I'm not smart enough for this for this game. I think it was his Switch. Maybe it was his PC. I don't know if it's on Switch. Is Portal on Switch? I have no idea, actually. But anyway, I don't um, think so. Yeah, I'll look. It must have been a PC thing either. But he he texted me and he was like, uh, do you what do you think about these Portal games? Portal 2? 
And I'm like, I'm not smart enough for portal. So you shouldn't. And port a portal too, which I think you play with another person. Like you're saying, it's like, I, <laughs> you kidding yeah. me? I don't, <laughs> don't get me started on like the witness and stuff like that. That makes me want to actually die. Yeah. It, the witness was cool because I appreciated the, um, Oh, there is a portal companion collection for switch. There it is. Um, so, uh, it's funny cause I remember being at the PS4 reveal in New York city when they first showed that game off in January or February, 2013, whatever it was. But then when it finally came out years, like a couple of years later, I did dig how everyone was drawing and keeping notes in person. Cause that's like a very old school way to play games. And, uh, I liked that part of it, but, um, <laughs> the witness really exposes my <laughs> lack of intellect. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Did you ever try out that, uh, game Signalis? That retro throwback, uh, kind of Silent Hill PlayStation One kind of game. No, I saw it. I think um, I want to say someone internally, like Dustin or someone, recommended it to me. But no, I've not. I've not played it. I've been on. I I've been on some Maddie. weird kicks. Yeah, maybe Maddie. That's that's who it was. Maddie. And maybe it was in Sacred Symbols across Defining Duke. No, I've not played it. I've been playing just all sorts of weird shit. So. Oh yeah, in the time that we're recording right now, it is what a time to be alive for playing video games. I'm so behind on everything now. I had to shelve, I had to shelve Hogwarts, similar to you, mm-hmm. so that I can keep playing Yakuza like a Dragon Engine. Right. I'm desperate at this point. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like um, it's funny because people keep saying that, and I agree with you. There are a lot of good games, but like a lot of games, I don't care about. You know, like Wolong, Long. It's like I don't give a fuck about Wolong. Long. People are, are excited about Lies or what is it, Lies of P, and all these games. I really look at stuff like Dead Space Remake. That was really awesome. Resident Evil 4 yeah. Remake I'm playing now. It's it's really good, but I'm surprised by how much people like it. Like, I think Dead Space is clearly the superior of those two games. Really? Um, yeah, in my opinion, yeah. And then, of course, Octopath Traveler 2 um, is super awesome. The, the uh, Pixel remasters, I think, are probably going to come out in a few weeks, it looks like, because people are starting to get charged for their physical versions of the game. So there's just, like, so much shit to, to, to uh, pay attention to. I'm kind of glad that a lot of it is not speaking to me personally with the exception of maybe the some of the square enix stuff that's come out over the last six months that i've missed because they decided to release literally every one of their games within two and a half weeks of each other so i want to wrap back around to the call question i was wondering if you were going yeah. to bring up uh journey would um, you, you would you consider that actually a co-op game or would you is that because that's such an isolated experience kind of yeah it's funny because one of the as i remember and it's so funny bringing this up because Dagan <coughs> for Knockback was saying, like, we should play Journey. And it's I was saying to him, it's funny. I have not pl- I played Journey once when it came out and that was mm-hmm. it. And it was my game of the year in 2012. I thought it was an incredibly emotional experience. And you were right. One of the things that makes it so or at least what made it so interesting and emotional for me is that it's not it's a multiplayer game, but it's not. And I thought I was really hit in a very, very emotional way by thinking that i was playing with the same person for a long period of time oh and i don't i don't think this is a spoiler for anyone i mean the game's been out for like 11 years and it's an hour and a half long so just go play it but <laughs> um at the end it'll tell you all of the people you've met or played with and it was a long list of people and for some reason that really emotionally shook me because i <laughs> thought i was having this this connection journey was like a game that kind of made me teary-eyed i don't it was it was <clears throat> it's incredible that that was on ps3 like that yeah. was really the beginning of PlayStation, I think, even in a second party capacity, really harnessing their ability to, if not tell stories, find stories to tell. And yeah, Journey's a Journey's an amazing game. But I don't consider that a multiplayer game because as far as I remember, you can't really sync up with people by nature. Like you just run into random instances. So you can't, I don't think, be like, meet me here. 
I don't think it works like that, <laughs> uh, as far as I remember. Like how they were saying that No Man's Sky was supposed to be way back in the day, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then those two guys finally met up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. I forgot about that. That's exactly right. That was awesome. Um, yeah. So I think about that so much. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. That's. I haven't thought about that since it since we probably reported on it. But yeah, Journey is a good example, but that's such an interesting example because it's like a forced but passive multiplayer game. There's almost nothing like it, you know, or at least yeah. nothing I can think of. I, I, I notoriously on my show always try to go in blind as much as I can to video games mm-hmm. so that I don't know what to expect. And Journey was an interesting situation. I think a lot of people probably had this where I didn't know that there was any kind of online multiplayer. So I thought that that was like an NPC companion that I was running around with. And you can like ping in that game or mm-hmm. you can do something. It's pretty You can like signal to each other and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was just an AI doing it. And, but it was like the, the the slow realization that I'm playing with a human being. I'm like, this AI is pretty good. Like it's moving like a, not an AI. Like you, it's, a, it's a really strange feeling. Yeah. It was, that's a really, it's funny you bring that up because we're going to probably play it again soon. And it's, it's certainly a unique, unique experience that I would like to go back and <laughs> and have again that's one of the games some people always say oh, what game would you want to erase from your mind that was one of them just because i think it's so unique we just we just meet so many or i'm sorry we meet so few truly novel like truly novel games even if you don't like them right like i know people had a yeah. problem with depression quest and that zoe quinn woman and everything but i'm like at least that's that's truly different you could definitely say that that's why i love gone home and specific other games too so that that alone is like and and journey is really of those games a game that's at least kind of passively made to play with another person i'm glad you brought up gone home because that was a point of contention for me when you would always praise gone home uh when i I remember playing it when it first came out i was a lot younger and the whole time i thought it was a scary game right and when you get to the end and nothing happens i'm like that was a terrible scary game and so it's like playing spec ops the line thinking that it's a call of duty clone the whole entire way through and you're like man that game was mediocre you know but then i went back as an adult and played it again and i was like how did i not realize how like actually emotional this game is (laughs) like i must have just been like not listening to anything that was being said to me you know what i mean yeah or you just weren't understanding it which is there's like a bunch of shit i I don't understand and or i'm surprised i didn't understand so it could it could have been that too yeah, Gone Home is a. I still don't know why people give that game a hard time. It's almost. It's like if someone really doesn't like that game, I respect that, but it really represents to me the exact opposite gaming taste that I think I would have. Like, there's no way that I'm really going to line up very much with a person if they don't see Gone Home as what it is um, from from my perspective. So it's a, and it's again another night. What six? You can be actually. You can actually be the game in ninety seconds because there's a trophy for it. But but yeah, that's another ninety minute game. You know, another bite sized game. I liked one of the conversations you guys had. Uh, it must have been like five or six months back, but you guys were talking about the divide between you and Chris and your proclivity with 2D games and his proclivity with 3D games. And I very much experienced that. Like you're, you, you champion Symphony, Symphony of the Night and games like this, uh, like Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And I always go back and I try them and I'm just like, I can't, this is so hard to me. Like this is frustratingly hard for me, but I can, I can go like 23 and four on Halo Infinite, like any day of the week and it doesn't matter. So it's like, it's such a weird I don't know. And it feels like maybe it pushes co-op in that direction too. Like you were saying with the the taking turns co-op nature of Super Mario Brothers. And nowadays it's all seamless, streamlined, uh, simultaneous play almost in every single game that involves stuff like that. I wonder, I don't really have anything to say about that. It just makes me think about it. No, I, I think there is something maybe to say, which is that 
your formative years are just that. And you can't dodge what you've experienced in that time. There was no option for me to experience 3D games when I grew up. It was NES games and SNES games. And then you got games like Star Fox and other things that and I hated that shit. Like I actually hated Star Fox and Pilot Wings when I was a kid. I didn't get bet to those until I was really like later in middle school. I'm like, oh, okay. They like kind of put me off. So I think that deep in my ape brain, right, is like 2D <laughs> games. Kid Icarus, yeah. Castlevania 2, like all the Kung Fu, all this kind of shit. And then for you, because you're, you know, a little less than 10 years younger, it's going to be different because your ape brain, your deep formative child brain was exposed to just totally different things. And no matter what, that's going to be, I think, I think understanding, for instance, 3D space in a game as you're a kid and growing up with that in mind is like a big deal. I remember playing Doom for the first time when my family got a computer in 1994, 1993, and being like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm supposed to do in this game. Like, I don't understand anything about this. And it, and you probably would sit, sat, sat down with that and understood it completely. So I think yeah. it, it's, the, it's this, listen, it's the same reason why I still insist on listening to Limp Biscuit. It's because I listened <laughs> to Limp Biscuit when I was 13. Right. That's why. Yeah. I mean, it's literally that's that's that simple, you know, uh, yeah. in my opinion. It, it absolutely like it's the same reason I listen to Creed still. Right. <laughs> like, Creed, Creed rules. I love Creed. Those I love Creed. I knew you liked Creed, too. So I know I had a partner with that. Dude, I love that song. What if that's a jam? Love that song. What if from that I, second or third record? Yeah. Anyway, go on. this might take you back. But I used to I used to live in government housing and I would like skateboard around those because they were all my mom's cds that's all the cds i had my mom loved was in love with the singer of creed which you know didn't age well but like i would skateboard around and listen to weathered and that's what i associate with skateboarding is creed of all things yeah that's i mean that's awesome yeah i creed creed and limp biscuit share a, a provenance in some way and that they're both bands that people loved by the tens of millions and then everyone disavowed for some reason you know, and I just don't like that kind of stuff. It's like I liked you, and I still like you, and I'm not embarrassed by that. We need a little bit more authenticity out there. I don't know. I don't understand how <laughs> Creed could sell like Weathered or whatever could sell like 10 million copies, and then it's like I, I fucking hate Creed. Well, no, someone liked Creed. I mean, someone out. One of you liked them anyway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, this is also so Philip the person that's missing right now uh he is like the foundation so this is just probably going to wander into just me talking to colin moriarty for a little while i do have some questions about twin breaker though which is the game that we're going to be talking about sure um i've been binging for the last like week a bunch of interviews and stuff like that and and some things randomly would become pertinent as well throughout because i i listen to you guys every week uh, one thing I really wanted to ask, which jumped out to me, I went and listened to your spoiler, your your solo spoil cast, where you were just answering questions. And you mentioned that Twin Breaker, you wanted it to be out by the time of recording next year, which that episode was in April of 2020. So that, that window has kind of gone away. And I wonder what the status of Twin Breaker is, if you could talk, or Twin Breaker 2, rather. Yeah, uh, I think... <laughs> what ended up happening, Twin Breaker sold pretty well, so we were we were happy with that. It was enough to make the next game. And um, I own 49% of Lilimo, but I don't take anything from the company. I just put all of my money back into it. So we're yeah. just making the next game. Except for with Twin Breaker was the only time I did take a small payment. Um, and uh, I say that just because we didn't really have enough money to organically i guess i can lend money to the company but i don't think that's really a wise financial decision frankly i think we need to do one game at a time and what we realized was that we weren't really making enough money to have multiple projects going so that something like Hybroxia 2 
is something that Barry wanted to kind of get out of his system. And I think Habroxia 2 is arguably our best game. I mean, I, I think you could look at any of the th- last three games as our best game, depending on your perspective. So that kind of changed the whole trajectory and direction of what we wanted to do. Because there's we have like a format and a baseline for what we want to do for the game, including a name. Um, and I, I have this whole idea of getting Dustin into the game, calling it Tribreaker. Um, and creating some sort of like new, um, I, and I don't know how it would work, but maybe some sort of triangulated or multifaceted, but flat eight bit or sixteen bit style brick breaker that could have up to three people playing it or the control of three paddles. The only thing that scares me about that is that people didn't like the four paddle stuff as much as the two paddle stuff in Twin Breaker, so um, that idea might not be great. So we want to get back to it and I want to make it about the show because it's in with the other games, they exist in their own universe. Hybroxia and, and yeah. Perils exist in their own universe actually together. Um, and because if you beat actually, is it still? Yeah, that the, the t- my masthead on Twitter is is the end is the secret ending of our last game, which is <laughs> which is um, the father, the character from Hybroxia one reading super perils of baking to the character from Herbroxia 2 when she's a little kid. So we have those like in their own universe. And uh, we want to continue to do something in the Twin Breaker universe, which is like the very serious geopolitical and space travel yeah. stuff combined with the three of us being in it for some reason. So introducing Dustin and doing all that. So that's an ideal. But the reality is, is that we're I don't know how much I can even say right now. I mean, the role playing game is that we're making is deep in development and playable up to a certain point. Um, and I'm very hands off with that. I wrote the treatment for it and then have basically just let them do their thing. And it's fucking awesome, by the way. I can't I can't wait for people to see it. And uh, and then we're going to do a third Hibroxia game, I assume, because Hibroxia 2 is our best selling game. And Hibroxia 2 and Hibroxia 1 still have this like real background sales thing going. So we want to continue to do that. So though, that was a really long way to say, like, we want to do it. We just don't know how yet because there's no there's no time. And there's a, we have another game that's like halfway done that we kind of just have stopped working on that we would probably get back to what we've called forest guardian, which is kind of like a bubble bobble. I don't know if you know that, that old series, but um, it's kind oh, of, Lord. I mean, you know, we, we try to take inspiration from old games, right? I mean, this, uh, this is twin breaker is Arkanoid and super perils of baking is super Mario world. And Habroxia is any number of shooters, you know, arcade yeah. shooters. So um, with that in mind. Yeah. So I hope I, I, I don't know. It's funny. Twin Breaker has this small but like really passionate community that wants another game in, in there. And I still think that it's surprising that there are not more Brick Breakers. But do you want to know like the go- the golden goose for me right now? And, and this is something we've talked about deeply at our studio is I really, really, really want to do a typing game. And I'm dead serious. Like I want to do a like something where the interface is a keyboard. And I we were and, and how we would do that. And I've had so many different ideas about how it can be done because there are certain games like Typing of the Dead was a really great yeah. game on Dreamcast. And just like there's a game. Did you see it? It's called Tax Heaven 3000 on PC. Oh, yeah. Was, the, the anime girl game. Right. Didn't that game like, get pulled? Oh, did it get did it get pulled? I think it got pulled from Steam. Yeah, that makes, I, I mean, that makes sense. I was surprised that they were allowed to even do something like that. But I thought that was a great idea. Something like that. That's that good of an idea i think is is uh <laughs> is worth pursuing so you know even if it's um even if it's like something strange like a typing game i think we could we could do something like that and that's something i really want to do at some point too so we're distracted by many things but barry is the creative and i just let him do his thing 
you know. It's breaking my heart that Philip's not here, that you just name-dropped Bubble Bubble. And he so he was adamant for a year and a half that we would play Bubble Bubble. through, And we played it through, you might find this fun, we played it co-op through this thing called, uh, what was it? I, it's something that where you where I can do inputs on my keyboard and it goes to his computer. I can't, and then he would stream it through Discord. So I was viewing it at like a seven second delay, but my inputs were at like a four second delay. But if we if he streamed it through Twitch, it'd be worse. So I I was like completely immobile the whole time. Like I was constantly dying, and he was just carrying us through the. And we didn't actually finish the game because that that boss is the end is really really hard. And we're not good at 2D games, but yeah, we we call Forest Guardian Barry Bobble um, <laughs> uh, internally, and uh, I don't know if Forest Guardian will be its final name either. I'm not crazy about that name to be honest, but um, again, it's really all. I just think it's a little too generic. Um, yeah, but then again, like David Jaffe loves to make fun of Hubroxian and say like it's the worst name ever. So you know, who knows? Oh. Maybe we should maybe we should go with that. I was in the watch party for the new live show that you guys did in Texas. Yeah. I was one of the few lucky people that got to be in the watch party because that stream ended up apparently in Discord. You can only have so many people viewing a stream at one time, which is really weird. Oh, really? But yeah. That so that ended up handicapping a lot of people. So some people just stayed in the chat and just watched it on YouTube. That fucking sucks. Um, but yeah, that opening video that you guys had and he and Jaffe was asking the guy he was asking someone to find hybroxia a drug <laughs> and the yeah. guy was looking it up i was like i can't believe that's so funny i love jaffy so much yeah he's great he's a great guy and he's actually on um uh constellation uh tomorrow the post tomorrow he's our guest so that'll be fun so well when we're recording this it will probably be already live by the time you uh publish this but yeah he's a he's a he's a funny cat and a knowledgeable guy and when he when he doesn't like something i take it seriously <laughs> <laughs> The uh, so that's interesting. So Constellation is your new show where you kind of you guys you just bring four topics. Each everyone brings a topic of their own. Uh, how long do you think until you start bringing people from outside of the LSM cast that has been rotating through like Sacred Symbols Plus and stuff like that? Like, do you have any like ideas to bring not random people, but you know names that you aren't really familiar with? No, I don't. I don't know that that's like the spirit of the show. I think that's possible, but I think. I'm really sensitive to core cast of podcasts, right? Like um, there are, I won't say any examples, but there are shows I listen to where someone's on it or someone's not on it or whatever. I respect that they did that, but I don't want to listen to that episode. I want something that's kind of like consistent or at least a little bit more consistent. And I want to create a small orbit of people that people get familiar with so that there's no blind sides. And if anything, begin to define that group with just wider parameters. So I think Jaffe is a really good example of this. Like Jaffe's a personal friend of mine, but I also think he's a personal friend of the company and kind of in our orbit. So he kind of makes sense with us. And there are people like Hogue, Rick Hogue, you know, he just is recovering from a stroke, but he would be another good example. Gene Park is, I think kind of half of an, half in our camp. Now we bought him his mic set up and got him all this stuff to be able to be with us more often so the problem with constellation though is that i really want to keep it to four people it's always going to be dagan and i and so that really only leaves two other slots and people are eager to do the show so it's it's also like we have if anything a good problem which is just too many interested people internally that want to be on it so i don't think All so right. but but we'll see i mean we'll see if that's if that's what people want i mean we'll always try to do what people want but i think that people like last stand for its kind of gated wall you know 
Makes sense. So so no Dave Rubin or uh, the who's the who's the CEO of Raytheon? Damn it! I just looked it up and forgot. Oh, name. I have no I have no idea who the CEO of Raytheon is, but he should be in prison. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, Dave Rubin, I, I I love Dave Rubin. He's a personal friend of mine um, as well. And uh, I don't know, like fireside chats would have made more sense for him. I don't think he yeah. would even want to do Constellation. It's just like he doesn't do appearances like that. I would I wouldn't know him to do anything like that. So for friends or anyone else. So I don't think he would make sense. But um, like if I still had a one on one format, in fact, like Dave Rubin, having Dave on Sacred Symbols Plus would be a total possibility because he plays games, you know. So, I mean, if you ever wanted to do something yeah. like that, that but, would be interesting. Yeah. that So he would actually make more sense there, I think, than Constellation. And I do want to try to keep politics largely away from the show as well. And Dave's yeah. known for his politics, unless he wanted to come in and just and wing it, which I think he probably would. That's the idea behind the show. And we have touched on serious topics like war and things like that. But I don't it's not partisan. And I don't want people to get that flavor from it, you know, so I I would again think Dave would make more sense on or someone like that would make more sense on Sacred Plus. Yeah, I was just thinking about it because I was thinking about Ramon uh, being somebody who just was mentioned a ton and then finally has been on the show because Dave Rubin comes up quite a bit because it's usually the the dynamic between you and Chris with yeah, the it, politics and stuff. That's the other thing is that I wouldn't want to create some sort of weird strife either. I have loyalty to both people. So yeah. you just try not to put yourself in that situation. Ramon is another. That's a good example, though, too, of someone that you'll find in more things. I want to find a way to increase my regular... Um, output with Ramon just because I think he's really good at it and he's just really smart and he fits with us well he is very much like me so it just works out that way so yeah he's another good example of someone we would probably try to widen the orbit to include uh so how exactly do you think that marijuana affects your writing whenever you were writing Twin Breaker um I don't know I don't know I I think because I've smoked for so long that it's it has some sort of like deep impact on me generally but I don't know that it had much of an effect on the writing just because it's kind of like a fantasy that I would have concocted. It's like a little bit of Red Dawn and like a little bit of Jericho and a little bit of fucking Battlestar Galactica. And let's literally just me taking things I like and sometimes blatantly copying them. I mean, (laughs) the entire idea of the, the entire idea, great artist steal, you know, the entire idea of um, there being a wormhole surrounding a planet is from interstellar. I mean, that's that's like the beginning of Interstellar, you know, so like I was just taking things that I in that it's in around Saturn in ours. It's around Mercury. Yeah, that's like where the inspiration comes from. So, you know, it's it's I don't know if it's pot so much as it's just I really love dystopian political science fiction, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, just trying to cobble together something interesting and trying to project a vision of the United States in that I would not mind seeing. and trying to be ironic by making something very serious in a, in a brick breaker game by intent. And I, I think even I've forgotten about that over time about like how intentional that was. That was like, that was supposed to be the irony at the center of the whole game was what, Yeah, you know, like a four minute cutscene that begin the game and like dialogue and really deep stuff about war and famine and all and banking and all it's like, it was supposed to be weird. Right. I mean, that was like kind of the idea, but I don't, I think that was, that was not, a lot of people made fun of or didn't like the story, and I, I think that that's fine, but I think it's also not seeing it for what it was maybe supposed to be. One of my favorite experiences whenever I bought Philip this game so that we could review it was that he had no idea what this game was. He didn't 
look at the screenshots or anything and he saw that first cutscene and got to the first level and he's i just got a text that said this is a brick breaker game <laughs> and i just laughed as hard as i could because that intro is so intense you you're expecting like metal gear solid to, to appear on the other side of the screen right? right i'm glad that you understand that like that's kind of if you sit there and watch it unbeknownst to you what's going to happen i think it's it's i think it's interesting but i also think it's just funny yeah, like what the hell? Why would you even feel the need to do this? I mean, if you go back to Breakout, which is the original Brick Breaker, it didn't have any story. But Arkanoid did try to tell a little bit of a story if you go back to the arcade original in the 80s, but not like this. <laughs> so that was and I, I also have to say just as far as I'm a fan of Brick Breakers. I love Brick Breakers and I don't know why there aren't more of them because they're great. Shatter just came out a few months ago, like re-released on PS5, the old PS3 game. What a fucking game, dude. What a great game. Open your minds to Brick Breakers. I love playing games with open minds. Like people, like how you always explain to people about Doki Doki Literature Club. Mm. I'm also in that group of like always pushing that on people <laughs> as much as I can. Yeah, and, I, and and I'm pleased. I get a, I get quite a few messages privately about thank you for rec- that game specifically. Like thank you for just telling me to play. I understand why you don't want to play Doki Doki Literature Club. I get it. <laughs> but I'm telling you, just play it. Just trust me. And just get through it. It takes a while for you to understand why you're playing it. But you'll get it. Yeah, you will. So after so much time separated from Twin Breaker, are there any like Easter eggs that have just been completely like undiscovered or any Easter eggs that you're like particularly proud of? I don't think so. I, I The only thing about Twin Breaker is, and I should bring it up, hold on a sec, is uh, just so I can go into it. The biggest, um, I guess, Easter egg or thing we hid and not so cleverly, I guess, because it was not very well hidden, is that each trophy or achievement is a song title and of songs that are in my playlist that we were basically listening to when the game was being made and that seemed to attach in some way in a double entendre usually usually to what we were trying to say so um you know double the bouncer 25 times so the bouncer is the ball that you shoot you know we called that best imitation of myself because that's a ben folds five song um, so that's kind of like the secret. And I, I've seen some people notice that, but a lot of people haven't. And that's so that's probably like the maybe the biggest subtext that's missing for some people. But um, and it's cool. I'm on PSN profiles like people are still playing the game like actively. It's awesome. Really, really interesting. <laughs> yeah, we bought it over on the in the Xbox camp, which reminds me. Um, nice. Did you see a noticeable bump from the Xbox or are we still not buying games over here? No, it's uh, Xbox hasn't done great, but it's done. I think I think the order of sales for Twin Breaker is PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, PC. I think Switch PC, is third. Uh, yeah, I think Switch is much more competitive with quality downloadable games. So it's hard to sell downloadable games there. There's a really vibrant indie scene there that's a lot more um, tended to and nurtured by Nintendo than I think Sony has done in recent years. Microsoft, I don't really know one way or the other how people would feel about that but for super perils of baking our most recent game didn't sell great and we really really honestly believe that a lot of that has to do with just the amount of shit on the on the store like you can't even you can't confidently sell a product or you i should say you can't confidently buy a product now they've just allowed it to be flooded and they finally in the last few months have tried to to weed all that stuff out but um, that that had an effect on us too, but PlayStation is still where most of our players are, and I think that's just by virtue of Sacred Symbols. I don't know that it says anything about our games. I think 
naturally all of our games would have sold best on switch i think all things being even but it's all things are not even so yeah that makes sense thinking about switch this is a complete non sequitur but uh a, a couple of weeks back maybe it was a month or so, a month or so ago you were talking about someone on the uh inside of like a shooter company saying mm. that people were more likely to switch off of 60 frames mode into a 30 frames fidelity mode mm-hmm in these shooter games, like you, I, I don't want you because obviously you can't say who it is, but like, was, is there like a time? Like, was that recently, or is that like mid PS4 generation, or like early PS4 generation, or like, are we talking about like? I don't know the nature of it, and I, I don't like because in some games you can't do that, so it's easy to whittle out what games it wouldn't be. But I don't know the nature. It's like it's a series, so it could be oh, old wow. data for all I know. I really don't know. I didn't press any more than that, to be honest. It was kind of just a an offhanded comment that I think reiterate. Well, that I think rather underlines that when people get these beautiful 4K TVs, 4K OLED, whatever TVs, they want to see the crispiest picture. Like, yeah. I think that's insane. But that's also how I <laughs> that's also how I probably would have felt not more than a few years. Like PS5 was what really changed my mind on frame rate because finally you could really see the difference and it's it's a huge difference to me but i understand if people don't play games or have different expectations i mean you're seeing motion in a movie or a tv show at 24 frames so people looking at 30 frames that's that, yeah. that, that, that's not too jarring to a layman you know and what they will notice is the is the ray tracing and they're going to notice like the really crisp 4k image as opposed to the 1440 or 1080 image they'll notice that and so I think it. I think it's just that. I, I don't think it's. I don't know. I, I don't know any more telemetry to be able to read into it anymore. You could probably garner more by having more data, but I didn't. It was just kind of a um, an anecdote. Yeah. Whenever you said that, it's sweet. It, I mean, I know it sweep kicked Chris's like mind right away. Like he had to. I had to like stop and think about it. Like, how is it possible that people are playing at thirty frames on purpose? But uh, I guess thinking about that. So since you've been playing playing Resident Evil Four, have you messed with any of like the uh, fidelity options? Because that game has a plethora of like different things you can like change the the texture of leon's hair and stuff like that of course it's got ray tracing and stuff but uh have you messed with any of that or are you like no what do you think about that i left it just on i'm not sophisticated at all so i just left it on um the base performance mode for 60 frames but i did go in and shut off something to do with like lighting because someone had told me that it was like there's something that's broken that's making everything like shiny and fucked up hmm. on the PS5 version. Are you playing on Xbox or PS5? Yeah, I'm on the Series X right now. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I'm P- and so I, I didn't, I haven't noticed anything like that except for in one place. But I went immediately and shut it off to avoid that problem. But I don't even remember what the setting was. It's something to do with, it's like luminal something. I don't know, luminal bloom or something. I have no idea what the fuck <laughs> it is. But yeah, so I just because it, it asks you in the beginning. I'm sure it does on Series X too. Like, do you want this or this, this or that? And I just made those selections and then went, went about my business. And because the consoles finally save your, I invert Y, so that they've finally saved that on a system level so that it tells the game to do that for you, I actually don't spend much time in the options menu this generation, which is nice. So I probably should have brought this up earlier. I didn't realize I'd wrote this down. But in the Dead Space spoiler cast, you had randomly mentioned Twin Breaker in there and you talked about the songs being song titles, uh, mm. being achievements in that. And I, you mentioned in that episode that it wasn't worth the effort. And I was wondering what your future naming schemes for achievements are going to be if you are still the one that's going to be naming everything and like anything like that. Yeah, I don't know. I think... Um... I have a specific idea for the role-playing game, but I don't want to say what it is because it's it'll spoil what the, like the nature of the game. Um, yeah. But we'll do something with that. And I think if Twin Breaker 2 or Tri Breaker or whatever we end up doing comes out, 
it'll probably be song titles again just to be consistent with that barry does the herboxia trophies and the super perils of trophy super perils trophies were both of us but mostly barry so he'll have his own thing too what what disappoints me is that i love achievements and trophies as everyone that listens to me knows and i'm so disappointed that people don't put more effort and love and kindness and tenderness into them you know like yeah really massaging them in fact you see developers like publicly getting annoyed that they even have to do it sometimes and uh i want to be different than that because i want to attract those players i want to attract in fact we learned something about achievement people it was Hybroxia 2 we learned it with which was people really don't like getting their 1000 gamer score like perfect thing disrupted because there is no platinum trophy there so we added free achievements and free updates to the game thinking we were doing a good thing and people got mad at us on xbox for <laughs> for breaking the the thousand like perfect thing because i guess that's kind of like the best you can do over there as opposed to like our shit gets disrupted all the time there are games i have platinum trophies in where they're below 50 percent because there's so much dlc but i have the platinum trophy yeah. so we learned a little something about our xbox friends and their achievements as well that don't translate to us yeah we've been we've been really rooting for a, a better achievement system because PlayStation definitely overtook him with that platinum trophy. As even like Mr. Matty plays on Defining Duke is always conceded that sometimes he wants the plat, so he goes and plays on PlayStation. Yeah, it's like your focus is totally different. I do like the idea of there being just a number and you're just yeah. adding whatever you possibly can to it. There is something cool about that. The 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 kind of role playing system that they have on uh like the unknown experience system <coughs> on PlayStation is cool, but there is something about that number, but they should reward you for doing it all. I think we can all agree on that. Like give you another, you should get like another 500 points or something like that. You know, like something, <laughs> I, I think, I think in our, I think in the PlayStation back end, a, a platinum is worth 120 points. A bronze is worth five. So that would probably be a little out of whack, but anyway. Um, most people who are like really heavy into achievements use a website called trueachievements.com. Mm. Which I guess a funny anecdote about that in a minute, but like, so there is a little checkbox for how many completed games that you have. So it's like essentially a platinum, even though it counts. So it would count arcade games, which are like similar to those PS3, PS4 games that didn't have a platinum that would only have like two golds or whatever. Um, But it's like, like right now mine says I have 245 completed games. So I don't know how many platinums that would be probably about 80% of that number. I wish there was a conversion rate. That would be really cool. That just excluded. Dude. I've said that before that it would be I don't know how they would do it. It would be interesting. I don't know if people would like it. It would break the systems for sure in some way. But it would be cool if Microsoft, for as example, went and said, give us your PSN name. We're going to scrape your trophies for all of the games that are already on Xbox and bring them like the the mirror image of those trophies for those multi-platform games over to Xbox and just give you those achievements and bait people over by not feeling like they're going to leave all this shit behind i feel like you could see something like that one day but um (laughs) but the trophies for what it's worth the trophy system is busted um as well so they finally again started to wrap it up and get it under under um control again but it's funny because when i started collecting trophies when they came out in 2008 it was uh hard or easy trophies there was a few easy psn games but and the easy platinum trophy was looked at as like five, 10, 15 hours. And now you can get an easy platinum trophy in like a few seconds. So the yeah. system, is, the system is broken. Now it's just about people who care and are trying to do it the right way and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Which, uh, so that anecdote I was like thinking of, I had a very similar introduction to like gaming communities as you did, where you started off writing for IGN. Uh, where, I mean, you started, you, Game Facts, sorry, mm-hmm. not IGN. 
you were writing uh, walkthroughs on GameFAQs for free, just for fun. And uh, I also started writing for that True Achievements website. I wrote maybe 15 or so walkthroughs. And I, th- I think it's even funnier, too, because whenever you would talk about how you've always been political, you would point back to those IGN walkthroughs and how sometimes you would write in there. And I just remembered I wrote a walkthrough for this game called Black the Fall, um, which is this indie game. It's kind of trying to be limbo, but nowhere near as good. And I I wrote in this one little random section that you have to hide in a coffin so that a a surveillance camera scanning doesn't see you. And I wrote, (laughs) uh, interact with the empty coffin to pass as a victim of communism. And you got, and and they let you uh, get away with that. Yes. Well, oh, to be fair, the game is ridiculing communism. So (laughs) you mentioned the, you were talking about the sequel with Tribreaker and wanting to add Dustin Furman with that very first question, by the way, you like sweep kicked like eight questions away. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're all good. So I had to like start scanning. Uh, do you have any like plans on May? Because I, I know it's still kind of early, but do you think you're going to add like any more of the Last Stand media to the game? I remember in one interview, I can't remember which podcast it was on, but you you had an interview and you mentioned that you wanted to maybe like put separate ships with different abilities, like smaller ones or wider ones or things that hit two mm-hmm. blocks or whatever. Would you consider putting people in the Last Stand family in those ships as the pilots or do you want to keep the pilots the same? have the ships just alternate and stuff and just put people in the family in lore and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I think if I remember correctly, I'd have to go back and look like, I don't know if it was twin breaker or Broxia too. I think it was twin breaker. There are people that are in the ending that like there that are like, it's like the newscaster at the end of twin breaker is someone in our, in our orbit and so on and so forth. So we, I think we've tried to, to do that in the past, but like the idea with the ships is to, add like what i think is one of the cool elements of hybroxia which is the total upgradable nature of your ship and all of the rest and just the deep upgrades on that i think uh having something similar in twin breaker like trying to figure out a design philosophy around twin around brick breaking that has to do with a selectable ship and advantages and disadvantages that each of those would get in breaking bricks is a little more complicated than it seems so it just might not make sense it might be overthinking it but that is an idea to do and yeah, I think, but as far as getting Dustin involved, since it is a Sacred Symbols adventure, is like the the subtitle. Um, I think we would be it would be cool, key, and, and important first and foremost to get him involved. Yeah, I would love to see how the story, uh, like, because you because you guys return back to Earth at the end of Twin Breaker, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't even know what the hell it would I, like. I have no idea what the story would be in the, in the second one. To be honest, it's I've had some ideas, but more of my ideas go to Hybroxia and then. Super Perils of Baking was like really fun to write, but very different for me. And I actually am bummed that more people didn't like, or actually people really liked Super Perils of Baking as I think has an eight on on Metacritic, but that people, more people didn't play it. I should say just because I actually am really proud of the writing in that game. Like that's not Colin writing at all. That was like a much more child, like kids book verse writing and i really dug that and it was like oh there was like a lesson involved in and and all and all this and i so i was bummed that people didn't like that but then i went back to my roots with the role-playing game and started writing my nonsense again so do you still have the first draft document because you mentioned that you had all of the papers and and legal pads of like you you wrote all the dates down and connected them so that everything lined up and you had first drafts of all everyone's dialogue when you decided to add mm-hmm. dialogue do you still have all of that somewhere yeah that's all in this drawer down here um yeah i have like notebooks i, I actually think i i don't know if i, I think i might have put them on discord i took pictures of them recently over the last the last couple months and um 
a lot of it was in. Let me see. Is it in here? Hold on a second. Let's see. Yeah, here it is. I think this is it. Is, uh, oh, like, well, we're not on. This is not going to be a video podcast, but you can see anyway. Like, yeah, this is. I don't know if this is going through, but like, this is like the original in like oh. intro and like all the stuff that I was writing, you know, the way it would like all look and so on and so forth. So yeah, it's all, Oh, and here are the original trophy ideas like that. We didn't end up using and uh, yeah. So like trophy ideas and I don't know. Yeah. This is, this book was, uh, was the Bible for it. So that was an interesting experience. It's a collector's but, yeah. item now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't think anyone would give a shit. It's for the guy who wanted you to uh, write a twin breaker novel. <laughs> yeah, like he's like the one person novel. that will want this document. Um, yeah, I don't. God, I don't have it in me to write a novel. I always thought I would have it. Like, I want to write a memoir one day, and I think I will do that. But as far as writing like a novel, I don't. I don't think I even have the patience to sit there and do that. That's so. That level of discipline is. I would need to be on like serious levels of Adderall or something like seriously. I would have to yeah. be like I would have to be medicated in some way to be focused. I don't have that. I don't have it at the same as we're time. in the middle of an Adderall shortage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't take Adderall, but um, I know that people. Yeah, it's it's that's sad for people that need it. By the way, I was reading and watching like people's TikToks and stuff like of uh, like how fucked up it is. Like they can't focus and they can't get their meds and stuff. I was like, that's really sad. Have you or uh, Barry considered making like an NFT game with all of your various legal pad pieces of paper as the NFTs? Yeah, we can have collecting them like Pokemon. Yeah, it, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would. Uh, I was just talking about those recently about how I have to probably I'm keeping them because I don't know what to do with them, you know, but eventually I'll probably <laughs> just end up but eventually I'll just end up throwing them out. I have like more than 100 of these things probably like just stacked up in drawers. That I just, I'm done with it and I just put it in a drawer, done with it, put it in a drawer. And then I buy like a new one or a series of new ones on Amazon and, and start again. I have to become more digital with the way I take notes, but I find that when I take notes on a computer, I then don't pay attention to what I'm doing. Um, so like I took notes on, for Iron Man 2 knockback on the computer. And then I probably didn't watch like the last half of the movie as carefully as I should have. Cause then I started looking things up and getting distracted. I'm very old school. Does Dagan have a, a separate? Is that how Dagan works? Is uh, whenever he's doing knockback episodes for video games, is he's like taking notes vigorously? Likes, because I yeah have a hard time. I, I I he's a note taker too, but he likes three ring um, or not three ring binders, like the spiral notebooks. Yeah, like the cheap yeah spiral notebooks. He loves those, so that's like his thing. And he's a he's a fastidious note taker actually, but he doesn't like the uh, the yellow legal pad like I do. Oh, uh, in the Dustin, whenever I was asking about Dustin Furman joining the second game, I was going to ask if uh, Rush or Treble were going to be playable characters. Yeah, Rush, uh, uh, so Rush didn't, ex- like, he literally didn't exist, actually, when the game was being, went gold and everything, but he, he and Treble will definitely appear in future ones. I have to figure out if we can just, sh- we could definitely show them. I don't know if we can use the names, actually, because those are both from Mega Man, so it would be, I don't know if that would be frowned upon or if that would get us in any trouble like i was surprised by some of the things that we had to change or deal with and so i wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised if we had to deal with that (laughs) you should just first letter swap like what is it tush and rebel tush and rebel yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that could that that would that could very easily be a solution i would love to get them involved I'm, i'm sad that like we don't really let them upstairs in our house anymore because treble destroyed like all of the molding downstairs and we're actually getting that replaced finally replaced i just had a, a meeting with the contractor yesterday and so we're afraid she's gonna like destroy more things although i think that was just puppy behavior but also she can't get down the stairs she can only get up the stairs but 
I say that only because like it Rush used to be in the shot and people used to like seeing him, but they don't see him. They don't see the pops anymore, which I, and I'm sure Rush is sad about that, too. Well, I wonder, I wonder if you could just put space Rush and space Trent, like the what was the Rick and Morty game? Uh, it wasn't Rick and Morty. It was uh, High on Life. High on Life had space Applebee's and it was literally just Applebee's, but it had the word space in front of it. But yeah, I don't know how they got same. away with that. That's so strange. You know, like uh, we. um. I think that they're getting away with something like that just with either the grace of the company or just because the company is not going to bother them about it. But it's funny when I went to trademark defining Duke, when we started the show, I was warded off doing it because my lawyer was like Duke university basically files like (laughs) injunctions with anyone that files anything to do with Duke and you'll win, but you have to like go through all this shit. So they just scare you off from doing it. And it could be that Applebee's is just the opposite and they don't give a fuck. You know, so oh, who knows? Speaking, speaking of all of that, I've always been curious about in Habroxia 2, I'm pretty sure it was. No, it was Perils of Super Perils of Baking, since we're talking about lawyers and stuff. I want I wanted to know a little bit more about like what the process was whenever they whenever they asked you on PlayStation side to take out the mention of Taiwan and stuff like that. I'm very curious about that background stuff. Yeah, so we they actually didn't ask us we just noted it in the user agreement that like in the development agreement on playstation's back end it says like something like i don't know i don't remember the exact verbiage but like you can't say certain things about taiwan and hong kong and certain things and that we were afraid i mean this could we should back up and say like this could just be a thing that Sony was like we're just putting this in here and we have no intention of of actually applying this in any way shape or form but it was in there and we didn't want to like get in trouble because PlayStation is our most important platform for our company yeah. to be in good the good graces of so we took it out but what was funny was that it didn't need to be taken out of the other versions because that's not that that stuff doesn't exist in the like so there's actually two different scripts with just one slight tr- change in the cookbook of the game because of that. But then um, we, we are going, we, we physically pu- are going to physically publish the game on PS4. And um, to do that, we had to remove the mention of like even Taiwan at all or China at all or something like that. So like depending on the outlets you're dealing with and the publishers and the, the territories, you just have to be careful. And uh, the, the harbinger about this was, was again, arc system works mysteriously removing all mentions of Taiwan and Hong Kong from from Blaze Blues lore in Continuum Shift or one of the fucking random games that were released and everyone was like why did you do that and it could be in response to Sony's user agreement you know and people just trying to be on the up and up and it sucks but people are like why did you comply and it's like well I'm not a dickhead first of all I'm not the majority owner of the company and second of all I yeah. wouldn't do that <laughs> because it's that's not a hill worth dying on. That's quite the opposite, actually, is like we can just report on it and talk about it and talk about why we did it. But it's not like, for instance, doing business in China. We don't do business in China. We don't use TikTok as a company. We don't get any products from China. We don't, you know, like as far as our merch and everything. So we just try to live by a certain rule set. That makes sense. Yeah, it was a really weird situation. I remember whenever all of that stuff was going on. So I'm glad I was able to ask you about it while I was thinking about it. It was crazy. And I was disappointed, by the way, that more more outlets. I mean, they're not going to report on things that have to do with me in, a, in any way, sympathetic or po- polite or anything. But that was a big story that people just ignored. And um, it's going to come up again. 
Yeah, I mean, like, it absolutely has to eventually. Well, bigger games are sure are going to run into this or are running into it, and um, we'll see. I mean, it, can a game even take place in in Taiwan? I don't even know. You know, like anyway, yeah, it's something. It, it's something worth like thinking about, and we just tried to circumvent that. The other thing that problem is that in the intro to Super Barrels of Baking, I talk about how I wrote a rhyme and like a poem about his the, the kid's family. And about how one is a brewer and one is a bartender and makes old fashions. And because of that line, we had to have an alcohol line, like an alcohol tag in um, <laughs> for the ESRB. <laughs> Just one little line. But 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 you still got an E rating for the suicide note in in Twin Breaker. Yep, that's true. We were we were curious about that. Because we, we, when you submit things to the ESRB, you submit like a plethora of materials, like the things that you think – you're you're basically you'll basically get blackballed if you lie to the SRB. Like you have to tell them here are the violent things in the game. Here's the drug use in the game. Here's like the, here's examples of that stuff. Like the worst examples. Here are things you're going to want to know about. You send them like a reel, basically. If you lie to them, you know you you can get in a lot of trouble. So or if you if you misre not even lie if you misrepresent things, you can get in a lot of trouble. So yeah, we we brought that to the their attention, and that didn't for some reason like meet a guideline, uh, and we were worried about that because I, I that was something that I. Like that's one of my favorite collectibles in Twin Breaker, and yeah, it was it was okay. <laughs> uh, you did mention multiple times that you tried to get your games on Game Pass throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, are you are you pursuing that after the launch window? Are you trying to? Are you guys still trying to see if they'll accept your games afterwards, or have you just written it off if they get declined at launch? We just I don't think we. I think our presumption is, is that if they don't want us to launch, they don't want us at all, which is fine. I th- some people like make fun of me and be like, well, your games aren't good enough to be on Game Pass. You're upset your games aren't on Game Pass. I'm like, I'm not upset about anything. We're really just curious how the system works. And we do think our games are good enough to be on Game Pass. They're just different sorts of games. If you believe in a the wide spectrum of games that should be available on Game Pass, then certainly 8 and 16-bit 2D games have a place there as well. But what's funny is, is that we've had conversations with them. Like, There's a possibility... Actually, I, sh- I don't even know if I'm allowed to say it, say that, so I won't. <laughs> but the stuff with Game Pass was we actually put Super Perils of Baking off. We wanted to launch Super Perils on 420 or no, on National Donut Day or something like that. It was like something like that. And we put it off until I think June because we were waiting to hear back from Microsoft on if they were going to allow it to be a day one game on Game Pass, like if that was going to be something. And we're not surprised like that they didn't take it, but we wanted to learn more about the process. And, and we, I think we will try again. Because if what they say is true, then there's no reason why we wouldn't want to do that. But we're very thankful for a la carte sales. And we think the the, sa- the the price of our games is very appropriate. And we try to keep the price down. In fact, people thought we should charge, like, internal people and people we've talked to in the industry were like, you charge too little for Super Perils of Baking well, at $9.99. But I'm like, that's such a sweet price point. And in my opinion, even if you're pretty broke, $10, if you spend yeah. it on a game, you're not going to, like, lose your mind if you don't like it or something like that. It's not like the end of the fucking world. And I want to be in that price point, like that very appropriate, approachable weekend game, random game you play price point where you don't regret it. You like it. You dig it. You move on. The role playing game we're making is the first time we're really going to demand more time from people. Oh, uh, the role playing game. You aren't actually you aren't the one writing it, but you wrote like the outline for it all. Like, how was that? How was that like shift in responsibility feel for coming from Super Perils and from Twin Breaker? And did you write Hybroxia too? I wrote Herbroxia two, but not Herbroxia one. Yeah. So you you have been very personally uh, entrenched in these games. Uh, how does it feel to kind of have hands off? Well, I think I 
realize my own limitations in doing a game like this, which is that I just don't write dialogue. I think I could write dialogue. I just don't write dialogue. I like writing lore and like, here's what happened. And here's this person. And this is why this is fucked up. And this is this fake global war and all that. I like writing all that shit. And I do that, like almost like writing fake histories and all this. And then with that all known, like I have a bulletin board in my loft and I'm sure I'll show a picture of it once the game is out that has the whole thing laid out. Like all the characters, all the antagonists, and each of them is like a big index card with like lots of information on them. And then the whole game in three acts is written out on these huge index cards all on this massive bulletin board. And um, that's like basically what I did. And then I wrote like notes and a bunch of different things for that. And then I delivered all of that to um, Jono, who's our writer um, and uh, who wrote Trigger Witch which is an awesome game from uh, the studio Rainbite and uh, a couple other stuff uh, games as well. And he's working on something secret, I think now too. And he's the one writing like the script itself. So he's the one massaging it from like, so I wrote all of the beats. This happens, then this happens. We go here and here and here. We meet this person and this person. And he's the one who's kind of going in and making it, connecting it all. And I think that that's just me li- noting my own limitations, not only as a writer, but, um, as a person i'm a ceo of a company like i have no time to like i thought i could do more i i thought we would really co-write it i think he's gonna get the writing credit for it you know at this point like i'm gonna get the story by credit he's gonna get the or like i'll get a credits like story and characters by written by he'll get um and because it's just like i have no time to do this it's a a hugely intense situation like (laughs) and it's not even nearly done i mean there's so much we haven't done the side quests and like we haven't done anything with that shit yet it's it's a it's complicated, but what I do know is the idea is fucking solid. I love it. I cannot wait to show people what it is about, like what the theme is and like who the characters are. It is. Uh, it, I am stoked, and it's all in sixteen bit. So I'm very very amped about that too. Yeah, we're, uh, there's a lot of people excited for that, including me. I've been trying to get a hold of that final uh, the what is it the final fantasy pixel collection mm-hmm. I, I really wish that it was on xbox but of course xbox doesn't exist for square enix anymore so i'm going to get it on the stinky switch it'll be fine on the switch it'll be great on the switch that's probably going to be the best place to play it yeah yeah so. i wasn't really playing it too much but i started playing paper mario in bed and i'm just like this is the future <laughs> me playing games from my childhood but in bed now yeah it's uh that was vita i mean even with a lot of like their re-releases too which was cool but um with the the backbone i'm just playing ps5 in bed now it's like um because i play so many turn-based games or games that don't really require yeah kinetic action i'm not going to sit there and play Mega Man in bed or something but uh, playing like tactics ogre octopath traveler or something like that is is perfect for it so i'm like less involved and so i'm like less interested in the switch than ever but i think the, the pixel remasters might be imminent because um i saw people starting getting charged for them right for the physical version so they yeah. might be they might be it might be out in a few weeks That'd be awesome. I'm so I'm so excited to try out Final Fantasy VI because I've never played any of the Pixel ones. Besides, the only Pixel Final Fantasy I've ever played was uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Oh yeah, that's a great game. Uh, I loved it as a kid, and that's what I thought Final Fantasy was for a while. I was like, why can't I find another one like this? It doesn't even make sense. Yeah, that came out when I was a, uh, a freshman in college. I remember just because I I wrote the strategy guide for it at IGN as a freelancer. I loved that game, but yeah, the the six original Final Fantasies are run the gamut from very good to one of the best games of all time. And I think four, I think four and especially six are seminal role-playing games that are amongst the very best ever and are must plays for anyone. I hope they didn't fuck them up too bad, you know, with the weird 
script and the retranslations <laughs> and all that, but um, you have to play those. But I'm going to play them in order. And actually, Dagan and I plan on doing an episode of um, either Sacred Plus or Knockback for each of them. So I think that'll be a lot of fun to like really get into the nitty gritty in preparation for Final Fantasy 16, which I'm oh. amped about. And I haven't seen anything about that game either. I haven't watched a single second of that game and all the new stuff that's coming out. I'm just going to go in. And uh, yeah, so very exciting. Yeah, I've definitely adopted that media blackout mentality from you guys. It would be really cool to see Chris, because Chris doesn't like those Final Fantasy games, to see him play through Final Fantasy VI and be on one of those episodes or something like that. Yeah, it would. It would. I would love that. I don't. I just don't know. He has a hard time focusing on on games that he's not really riveted by, and just knowing his personality. Even though I think four and six, especially with their stories, just shine so much. I just don't think it's he's going to be able to get over the gameplay. Yeah, Uh, Chris is actually how I discovered you guys' podcast whenever you guys got uninvited from PAX and he made a video mentioning the podcast and everything. He just made an offhand comment and I was like, I didn't even know. This was like, it's probably like my first podcast I ever actually started listening to and it was around that time. And now I just listen to podcasts all day. I'm a mailman. So I'm just like, always every single day i've got like 15 hours of stuff like i've, I've got to get through that's perfect dude i i think about people like you when we do the shows because i know it's a lot of content like there are I, I it's a lot of content for me i would never be able to absorb this much content from one company but it's not really it's for anyone it's for people at their office job or people that want to just watch or listen to one or two things a week but i really think that it's good shit for people that are out there like that just have lots of empty time to fill with something when they're working or doing something tedious or, or menial so that's good shit i mean that's like that's like the pocket for our, our content in my opinion yeah and we definitely appreciate it i recognize you guys have like time constraints and everything we got our hour through we're gonna pick up after this with philip and we're gonna talk about our review about twin breaker and everything everyone knows where you're from you're from last stand media and sacred mm-hmm. symbols you got do you have any like book recommendations that you want to talk about if, for people who enjoyed twin breaker or anything like that let's get saucy with it um yeah well here's what i'll say about twin breaker is that I wrote a game about an America, United States, that chose peace when everyone else chose war. And it came from a, it came from the heart. Like, this is a reflection of what I would want to see if everything went to shit. And we're kind of seeing in the years since everything kind of going to shit and people starting to prime themselves for more serious times. And now is the time to embrace the message, however, sometimes comical or certainly melodramatic that Twin Breaker is <laughs> and embrace like the potential of a peaceful, virtuous, interested, explorative United States that once again did positive things for the world instead of manufacturing negativity and bombs and fucking whatever politics and Trump and all these different things that people look at us now like, can we do something positive? So maybe it's like a, an earnest, like, in, it's funny in preparation for the show, I went and played a little bit and like watched the intro again. And I'm like, this is kind of interesting. I, it, it's like, it's like, I didn't mean for it to be so on the nose, I guess. Of course it won't be on the nose cause we'll be involved and probably the fucking one of the antagonists of the entire situation. Yeah. But you know, anyway, so I, I guess I'll say that like it's, and of course, like from there, like all the fictional inspirations for it are, are pretty obvious when you look at it. So, but right now, I think the book everyone should read is 1984. <laughs> 19, Brave New World. Yeah, all of exa- those. yeah, exactly. I love those books. Uh, oh, one more. Uh, has Micah tried to get you into Yakuza yet? No, but she bought the Aishin or Ishin game like uh, on Xbox. She has the physical copy, but I haven't seen her play it yet because she's really been. I watch her play a lot of games. She 
and she's an Xbox first player in terms of the HD twins, but she's really on her switch most of the time. And she's been playing Octopath Traveler 2. And before that, I keep making fun of her because she was playing Fire Emblem Engage, I think it was. And I'm like, you keep, yeah. she's, I'm like, you're having an affair with one of these men because like you have, a, you, have, you have like a relationship with one of them. You know, you can like make it. It's like a romantic options, whatever. I love that. So she was really enjoying that. She she is such a weeb. She plays the like the weebiest, nerdiest japanese shit it's hysterical so she keeps me honest because i am no we i am she actually called me a neckbeard the other night um, <laughs> like Great. so i thought that was pretty funny but yeah she she's keeping it real over here and, and uh but no she's not she's not gotten me into yakuza i think i will eventually do it it's just i need time you know and i'm just interested that's also like a feel kind of i need to be in the mood for that and i'm not there right now you know absolutely and I know you're you, you're you're a big fan of Persona, and uh, you're just making me think of the, with the affair how you can have like a ha- full harem in Persona Five Royal, and then at the end they all meet up with you on Christmas. It's I'm, I should be clear, I'm only a fan of Persona Four because that's the only one I played all the way through. But um, Five is definitely on the list. Mike and I were just talking about that, and we were just talking about the romantic options in it too. She was saying you can like date your teacher and shit. I was like, I'm like this yeah. shit is getting so weird because I was I was saying like my girl in Persona Four was. Rize and she's like she's a child or whatever and I'm like I don't know I thought they were all like the same age I don't understand what's going on here like why are yeah. we playing these games why are you <laughs> why are you doing this you know um and why is it so normalized it, like for for, for the, the teacher to be dating the child in Persona 5 I didn't know that it's like a yeah. it's like a police song you know um uh, don't stand too close yeah. to me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. I was streaming it for some people, and they were calling because her name is Kawakami, and they were calling her Kawamami <laughs> and stuff like that. I don't know. It's it's the thing with the with the child thing. I always just say like, your character is a child. You're in a high, you're a high schooler, right? That's, that's the whole point of the game. Right. That's but. a that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, I, I'd like to get back to Persona Four at some point, um, and play the PS4 version. But I I think I'm gonna do five first. But I know three is available now too. So I don't know. But I, I gotta. I got to make a choice at some point and get into one of those, but I, I loved it in this, the soundtrack persona four was fucking awesome. What a game. It's truly what a game. I, I think people are speculating. Aren't people speculating that three might be getting remade or am I, um, did I make that up? I don't know. I, I, I don't know the, I don't know any of those rumors. I know that three, like three is available now digitally. So it'd be cool. Maybe if they go back and get one and two out as well, I don't know that they would want to remake anything before three, but yeah, three, Three already had two versions, right? So it's this would be like its third version, I guess, if they did another one. Yeah. But maybe they should just focus on the next. Because the beauty of, I think, turn-based role-playing games and Persona and anime-style things with cutscenes and all that is it doesn't really need to be remade. It, it kind of is what it is. It's not like Resident yeah. Evil 4, where Resident Evil 4 is in a pretty rough shape as far as control and all that. You can play Persona and Persona 2 if you just didn't do very much to them. So I don't know. It'll be, but I, I'm excited to see what they do with Persona Six. I know people will be really, really stoked when that happens, and hopefully, I'll be all caught up by that time. Hopefully, it's not twice as long as Persona Five, which is twice as long as Persona Four, which is twice as long as Persona Three. Yeah, they really demand <laughs> a lot games. out of you, man. It's crazy, but I actually I like it. You know, I I, I like to once or twice a year. I like falling into a hundred hour game or something. But it does. It's not. I just can't do it all the time. But losing myself for into a game like that, I, I dig. Yeah, especially in uh, this current time where every game ever just came out. Colin, thank you so much for calling, coming in. I almost said calling in. Uh, thank you so much for coming. And this should be the transition going into the next half. See you there.
and welcome to Gaming Together, Quality Podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and I'm here with my co-partner, Nave. Each pod, we play through Quality Experience, and relate to the listener if this game is the criminal crim of co-op or something better off playing solo. Hey, Nave. Howdy. We just came, I just got done talking to Colin Moriarty. Philip, how do you think it went? I really don't, I assume it went really well. I wish I could have been there, but we just have a big windstorm that took down a transformer, so we had no power on base. But I, I watched the cable guys as they drove out there, and like, it's weird because like there's all the housing, and then you see like the transformer yard that's over, just out in a field by itself, away from the housing, and you just see them all their little cherry pickers just ramping it in through the grass. Well, it went pretty good. He was very professional and nice, and I was super scared. <laughs> So oh, I, I had no. a hard time talking. I had a really hard time formulating sentences sometimes, which is like when Philip was like, he's he's getting shipped out. We've had this episode planned for a really long time, like maybe two months now. And so this, it, it ended like he was supposed to get shipped out before he was able to do this episode. But since he's here, I was like, I, I grabbed him uh, digitally. I was like, thank God, because I don't want to be scared. And now Philip, and now it's. <laughs> Fate conspired against this. Yeah. The listeners already heard. The very beginning, I was very nervous, but it actually turned out pretty okay. Did you ask him about the uh, the notable co-op memory? Yes, I did ask about the notable co-op memory. I assume. By the way, dear listeners, I have not heard any of it, so I assume it won't get though. Well, let's talk about what games we've been playing, Dave. Uh, so I bought Valhalla again. Uh, yeah. On well, no, I played it on Game Pass on the PC, but I am playing it a second time on the Switch, and that is definitely like the best place to put. It's like the the controls are like really nice. Now, this is a you know cyborg I mean? bartender game, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's nice. I've been kind of like, I don't know, sad. So I'm like, I just need some comfort food right now. And I've been, I don't know, jumping from game to game. Resident Evil 4 Remake just came out, which I played about an hour of and is very good. But I'm like, I don't, I, I want to experience this and have fun. You know what I mean? Like I was kind of just playing it. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I got to cut call it quits on this fucking game right now. Yeah, I was looking at uh, Resident Evil 4 and I was I was thinking about like maybe like I don't buy $60 games or $7 games on release dates like ever. The last one I got was I think like Elden Ring or I think Jana picked up Hoggers for us, but that was not condoned by me. I would have waited. <laughs> but I, I, I keep looking at it. I'm thinking maybe I'm going to get Resident Evil 4. But then again, I keep looking at Resident Evil 2 remake, which is $10 on Steam. And like, I think I might just get Resident Evil 2 instead. I still played, played again. Oh, played no, two. you played three. I forgot. I played three, yeah. And I really like three, and you know, two is the better three. Absolutely. And four is shaping up to be pretty good, even though Colin Moriarty said that the Dead Space remake is better than four. So I'm really excited to just get through Resident Evil 4 and see what's going on there. But I well, did no, play... Dead Space is like a, a spiritual successor to Resident Evil 4 classic, right? Or like, that's what it feels like. Yeah, but it's weird because it's like RE4, the original, needed a remake more than Dead Space needed a remake, but I don't think neither of them needed remakes. But now that they oh, both yeah. have remakes, I'm glad that they exist. So it's like this weird, I'm like twisted into a pretzel thinking about those games. Well, I didn't play 4 Classic until I think like a year ago, and I'm like, this game is, it's modern. Like, it doesn't play bad for modern audiences. Yeah, especially if you're used to Resident Evil 5, because there's some of those accoutrements or actually, like, the, the bad fucking parts of game design, yeah. where, like, you can't move when aiming and shit like that. That all Isn't exists that for Resident Evil 4. Yes! I almost, I almost like it. I think it's kind of cute. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's good for those games, but, like, when you think about Resident Evil 6, 
you just and doing the tactical roll and shit oh, like that. God, stupid roll on the ground. Then you can shoot while laying on your back. You just do a, a sit up. And yeah, I the, the ground. I've, I've seen some people on Twitter going going hard for Resident Evil Six just randomly, and I'm like, I I see you guys. I promise, I see you. I'm the guy. I'm the guy. Also, but that's all I've been playing. I've really been watching anime. That's all I've been doing. What have you been watching? So I watched the first episode of well hold on see now i've got because i was uh hanging out with somebody yesterday and that i was watching anime with them so i re-watched a lot of like the first couple episodes of shows like i started re-watching my hero academia that's really what we watched most of the time but uh like one punch man i re-watched the first episode and i i showed him spy family we watched like two episodes of that oh spy family is so good i love it's really I love good. it so much like i'm re-watching it just on the side uh, but I'm watching me and Jana. We're watching Inuasha still because there's 197 episodes of Inuasha. Yeah. Not and uh, the final season. That's the problem with my hero. But so I showed them all those shows. They had never seen any of those shows before, by the way. And so I showed them all of those. And then we we would watch my hero and they're just like another one. And I'm just like, OK, I this guess is this is the one. This is the one they found. And then at the end of it, they're like, I have this cool show that i know called gravity falls and i was like um, <laughs> all right well, let's go watch gravity falls <laughs> and it turns yeah. out it was it was it was a cute show it's very cute i love the pig mabel's pig i don't remember his name like winkles or something i don't it's know not introduced a... yet yeah no he, he's a later character it just made me I want love... to play echo generation though i still need to play that too uh, they're the same vein the same uh style i guess yeah pretty much it's like the, the same that's it aesthetic yeah yeah, yeah. the uh the misty mountains alan wake type stuff but, uh, you know, Valhalla, like you've talked about it before, and I'm kind of interested. After Danganronpa, I'm definitely more receptive to these narrative style games. Mostly what put me off is that, like, they usually have, like, the anime style. And that, like, puts me away from it where I'm like, <laughs> uh. Dude, yeah, call, me and Colin Moriarty were talking about that. Where, like, we were talking about Doki Doki Literature Club specifically. And he's like, I understand why you don't want to play this. <laughs> but I, I'm trying to beg you to play this. You mean, you mean the the schoolgirl simulator, high school simulator? That's what I don't want. <laughs> like, I want a good story without hanging around with uh, high school children. Have you you haven't played Doki Doki? No, but oh, I've, I've heard about the the meta narrative of it. Yeah, it's it's really good. Even if you go in knowing what's going on, it's still really good. It's probably Let's even see. better for people who know what's going on and are also really versed in like gaming tropes and stuff like that. Um, I'm more interested in um, what's the one like, Honatory boyfriend or whatever the the pigeon dating simulator. How it's how to fool I think H A O H A T O something like that. Like that one, I keep seeing it go by and I'm like maybe. Or there's another game. Uh, no, I forgot what it was called. Like Dungeon Boyfriend. Boyfriend. Boyfriend Dungeon. Boyfriend Dungeon? I knew you're, yeah. yeah, those are all of, all of those two always like they're yeah, interlinked. Like, I see them go by and it's weird. It's like for some reason if. It's boyfriends. It's not as weird for me than if it was high school girls. <laughs> well, it's because it's funnier. I don't know. It's definitely funnier. All right, let's see. You've been playing that. Uh, I've been playing, like, I looked. I'm like, what have I been playing since Wolong? And there's only three games on my list. And I was like, on uh, True Achievements, usually where I check what I've been playing. 
So just hoggers, I usually log in, do like one mission, and I'm like, that's enough progress for today, even though I know it's not enough progress for today if I ever want to finish this game in a reasonable amount of time because there's so many quests and side quests and characters you need to help. That game just keeps on going, Dave. Yeah, it seems like that kind of game, unfortunately, which is why I put it down. Like, I had to make a tactical roll away from that. It feels like busy work. Where it's like, hey, I know you want to progress. Go collect four cabbages and use them against six enemies before I give you the next spell you need for the story mission. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do yeah. that at all. Well, honestly, it's like they all seem super easy too. So it's yeah, like they're all simple. Like, it's just uh, doing it. Yeah, and what's worse is that I've spent so much time in that game, and I spent all that time just wandering around doing busy work already. And then I realized how unproductive that was. Like, that was not a streamlined playthrough of the game, where I definitely fucked myself over out of my own time. Not that I don't like the game. I'm definitely going to keep it installed, and I'm going to play it eventually, but it's like, holy shit, man, there's so many games. I also don't understand the level scaling very well, because... It's it's got the Stranger of Paradise problem where every level the gear that you get scales with you. So you'll just pick up a you know you kill a rat at level eighteen and he'll drop trash. But then the second you level up to nineteen, you kill the same rat and all of a sudden he drops a coat like a whole robe coat that gives you plus five damage and it's like okay yeah. thank you I guess. And what really <laughs> sucks is that everything looks like goofy as shit mix and mashed, but you can transmog and make funny. everything good. But it's like. You have to transmog every time you change your shit. And I'm yeah. like, oh my god. So I always just wait until I get to a critical mass of stupidity. Usually when I get like googly eyes or something. <laughs> like googly eyes? I've had the same lizard eyeball for so long. <laughs> Makes me so sick to my stomach. I like I look my character looks pretty cool too, so it's like, okay, I'm I'm going back to the fucking pre order bonus robe. Yeah, that's what I end up going back to, too. The stupid, like, death, like, skulls flowing across the road. I'm like, this is the best so one. Cool. It never gets better than this. Yeah, so, of course, it's a paid one. I usually like to just alternate what I have underneath. So, like, what color is accenting it. I got, like, the elegant uh, Slytherin, uh, what is it, the, the scarf. Yeah. And it's, like, black-bordered. And I'm like, oh, this looks so fucking good. <laughs> like, it looks so fucking good. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm barely playing Hoggers, and I'm also barely playing Banner Lord at the same... Like, I just haven't been playing game the last week. Like, I don't know if there's just a funk going around, and, like, you're in it and I'm in it too, or you just don't have the motivation to play the any... Like, there's so many good games, but I just yeah. can't bring myself to play them. Yeah, it's depressing too. I did end up... I don't know if I talked about this last week, so... Tell me to shut up if I did, but I did go back and rebeat Dead Space, so I did the New Game Plus run. So that I can get uh, on. Uh, I don't remember. You probably talked about it at some point. I, I was gonna. I'm gonna be on Friday Night Gamecast. I don't know when that episode's gonna drop, but yeah, I'll be on there for Dead Space. So I went and re- I written replayed Dead Space, and I got the the hidden ending, which Philip, pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't um, wait uh, when Dead Space Remake Two comes out. When I can pick up Dead Space Remake One for ten dollars, I'll definitely play it. Well, here's the thing. Do you want me to spoil it? It's not even really a spoiler. Oh, man. Like, what about the listeners? It'll be fine. This is not really a spoiler. I tell it's a me, secret I don't, I don't ending. It. It's a secret ending that might not even be canon. Dog? It's not dog. It's it's implying that Isaac is crazy before he even left the end of Dead Space 1. Okay. Like, and That's that, he, and that like, the, the events of Dead Space 2 are because he is actively indoctrinated already. It's pretty cool. 
oh wait hold on are you saying he's crazy and he's imagining the marker or the marker has already made him crazy the marker's already made him crazy and like he's leaving the marker he i mean he's leaving that whatever's going on there the planet uh heading back to earth with the intention of like setting forth the series of events that happened in dead space 2 okay which is like maybe dead space 2 will be a little bit different is what it's really i like that it's not a crazy alternate ending or anything like that but it definitely is like a way to recontextualize what's going on in the story yeah, it's it's similar to if you play Halo Three on Legendary, it, the last cutscene is a is like five seconds longer. Where so it you you know Master Chief gets in the spoilers for Halo Three, I guess. Master but Chief. Master Chief gets back, it gets into the into the cryopod of the destroyed ship, and he's like, "Wake me when you need me." And then he and then they closes, and then there's like mystical music playing as it fades out as the ship is floating but if you play, beat it on legendary the ship continues to float and the camera pans and there's like uh, a planet or something or maybe some more ships like nearby and like really ominous music like the flood music starts playing almost and you're just like oh whoo like it's, okay. <laughs> it, it's not happy not okay yeah yeah it didn't all work out we didn't finish the fight yeah and then bungie punted it to 343 since scored a touchdown on their own goal <laughs> Yeah. If you asked me to recap four and five, I don't think I could about, you know, the Halo story at all. I feel like yeah. there was a planet, but it's different than the planet that uh maybe or no, are you on the same planet the whole time? I don't remember. Well it's like it's like Master Chief misses his ex girlfriend and also this oh, other guy punches four, him. Yeah, four is when he runs away and you have to play his lock for a while. Yeah. And then that guy goes Give me that AI or whatever the fuck he says. <laughs> yeah, that's stupid. We need to play, replay those for the pod. I yeah, it'd like be fun. Yeah, instead of the good ones, yeah, <laughs> we go to the good ones and we're like, "Wow, this game's good. Everyone should play Halo." Yeah, we're like, oh, "Man, Halo Reach changed my life." And then we go to four and like, give me the AI. <laughs> and then just him. waxing about <laughs> all his, his emo philosophies and stuff. All right. Uh, so, uh, Bannerlord, I usually log in. I do like one fight where I bring down my little, like, oh, what's called my lance, and I couch it perfectly in my little my little elbow, and I just spear through someone's throat as their head gushes off and blood flies everywhere. Not actually in the game, but that's what I imagine happens. And then I'm like, oh, that's good. And then I, you know, I, I of course save after every battle because you never know when you're going to get screwed over. Then I go around the corner and I bump into an army of seven thousand soldiers that just overrun my troops, killing everyone. And I'm like, yeah, load save, you know, like like I'm out of here. And then I'm done. You're so, not doing the darkest dungeon run of just letting people die. Or wait, you would, well, that's a bad example. Oh my god, no, but I know what you mean. Like a like an Iron Man run of XCOM where yeah, you're reloading saves. Like you can do that. The problem is it takes so long to rebuild up after each point. How long? It takes so long to rebuild up your troops where I'm at the point where I can have like 200 troops set with me, which is an insane, very high number of troops. Like the average army usually only has like 150 if that. So I am like outnumbering every individual general. And so I'm out there just like destroying everything on a rampage. But then like they'll form a coalition of nations of like seven armies will fuse together into a giant mass. And those... (laughs) It'll just show up and just overrun me. And I'm like, well, there was literally nothing I could have done besides not fight. So in that case, I usually just reload the save and not go that direction. Oh, Philip, I went on a date. Oh, yeah, with who? 
uh, this girl named Paige. And uh, when I showed up, she was like, she was texting me. She was like, I was like, I wonder what I should wear. And when she showed up, she was wearing Crocs, Philip. Nice. Did she have the uh, the pins on the Crocs? Because that's the next evolution of Crocs. Is that like the the GameCube handle on the top? No, that's that, that's the, uh, sports <laughs> that mode, sports mode and casual mode or whatever you know. Where like sports mode, <laughs> when you flip the handle backwards so it hooks on your. <laughs> I've never seen. I've never seen a croc in real life. So that's how. This is how you know. I know. I've seen a croc in real life now. Is that there was the a handles. handle there? Yeah. Yeah. So the handles are there, but also you can get like you know. There's the holes. So there's yes. these pins that are specifically designed with little plastic hole things on the back and the whole point is they can just pop through those little holes and you get like you could have like a little on your head or something like that just any little figurine thing you want my daughters have a whole bunch of them i think they end up giving me just like the ones that are the gamer ones where it has like a generic video game controller <laughs> and so i have crocs with like two pins on them and you just poke them through and that way you can bedazzle your crocs and I told her about how we, how I was talking about how I'd rather step on a landmine than you buy me a pair of Crocs. I don't know. It's like I almost uh, admire it because that, that's a move. That's a power play to what, show up Crocs on the first, on the first date, date with Crocs. Yeah. Like, I mean, we didn't go to the fucking the, the Lady and the Tramp spaghetti and meatball dinner <laughs> place. You know the what I mean? Alley or what are you trying to say? A crime got, alley where Batman's parents got shot? No, the place in the behind, like, the place that gave them the spaghetti and meatballs. That was fancy. Okay. Wasn't this it? wasn't a fancy Italian dinner. Gotcha. But we went and got sandwiches and came to my place and watched anime. <laughs> Like, it was a casual affair. And I went into her apartment, right? And she had a thing for shoes, and there was, like, at least five pairs of Crocs. Different okay, colors. Okay, see, that's interesting. Matching pairs. I have one pair of Crocs, and they are also, like, they're my uh, my New Balance white shoes that I mow the lawn with. So these Crocs are, like, messed up. They are, <laughs> like, they are rough looking. And I've had them, like, okay, specifically these Crocs were my dad's Crocs when he died, like, I don't know, four years ago or whatever, I inherited the Crocs because I... I would... <laughs> it's a ba- Beatty family heirloom. Yeah, the Beatty family Crocs have moved on into the bloodline. And one day, Arthur, assuming he's... <laughs> foot size, because it won't fit my daughters, most likely. He will inherit my Crocs that were my father's. And they're just, like, patched together with, like, leather. Like, yeah, like they look been, like they're... They've been cobbled back to, back to one piece. <laughs> They're basically regular shoes now, <laughs> just to be held together. Okay. So Banner Lord's good. Uh, but besides that, uh, me and Chan have just been hanging out, watching Yuasha, playing a lot of ARAM. Because uh, she recently got herself a gamer laptop, because gamers don't compromise. Oh, shit. She got it like open box from Best Buy, like $600 off or something. It was insane, the deal she got on this like badass laptop. And so she just gave me her old laptop. She's like, I don't, I'm, I'm not playing with you anymore. And <laughs> so it was before it would be like my computer's upstairs and she'd be downstairs playing league on her laptop. And so then it's like, if we're going to play league, then I either she needs to come upstairs or I need to be upstairs by myself away from her. Well, we have all our kids running around at the same time. But now that we both have laptops downstairs, we're just both playing League of Legends downstairs in our living room. What is the original laptop that she had? Does it pl- what does it play the game at? Uh, I don't know. I have to look, but it's not bad. Like it's it's an old older gaming laptop, probably like four years old at least. Oh, it was also a gaming laptop. Yeah. Every time I think about laptops, I think about like the HP fucking garbage, oh, like yeah. the two hundred fifty dollars. No, 
Garbage. This has like the uh, all like they're, they're modern. They have the LED lights and glow rainbow and all that stuff. And they Hell kick yeah. into high gear when you start up the game. We're like, like, like we're <laughs> like gaming the THX now, boys. Fucking sound RTX effect. on bullshit. Yeah, RTX. So, oh, which name? There's like so many new champs in Stupid League of Legends. There's like five new champs that I had never heard of, and I just get them in ARAM, right. and I'm like, this is crazy. Like, I can't keep up. Uh, like, I know League of Legends is like a massive media company, but I almost wish there was more media so I could stay up to date on these champs. Like, they used to do, like, Sunday Morning Lulls, which were one-page webcomics just about stupid League of Legends stuff. Like, <laughs> do you remember those? Yeah. Yeah, they were, like, memes that weren't memes. They were just webcomics. And I used to... I would look for them every Sunday, but they don't do them anymore. Of course they don't, because that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> League of Legends fun. is not fun. I don't know. Aram is pretty fun. It's very silly, especially yeah. since Aram's like, not league. <laughs> Aram's something like, else. I don't know. I think it's so funny, especially because like you can earn tokens in Aram now, like your S rank tokens. So then I'm like actively hunting for champs. You know, I'm like, great. I'm gonna, yeah, like <laughs> I'm gonna get mastery tier seven on Gear Bear. So I need one more token. So I'm just like every time we reroll, real. I got Garen. Time for try hard. I'm building crit gear in this game because i need enough kills to give me an s rank it's kind of hard to get s ranks in aram because it's such a clusterfuck yeah but i don't know because once you get ahead in aram there's no like it's hard to come back in aram once a team gets ahead you know no <laughs> i don't believe oh, that no if you don't win win back, but it's hard to throw it's you can still throw is what i'm trying to say but most times, if you're playing smart, you're fine. And with me and Jana making up two out of the five players on the team, we're already like 80% smarter than solo queuing, you know? No, I've, I've been in so many ARAM games where 15 minutes we're beating, their, we're fucking beating the shit out of them, right? And then you get to their you get to their inhibitor, you wipe, and then they have one Caitlyn who just shreds all of your turrets and takes everything and you lose right away. And then your team is like running in one at a time and dying oh, to their yeah, whole five man. And I'm just like, okay. One at a time. That's the big deal. You can't do that. You got the ARAM's different. You can't just like hold the line and try to like save for time. You need to regroup. I'm getting PTSD. <laughs> like just thinking about this. You should you should get some league back on. You should log in, download, install it, play it, it on is your. Installed. Uh, Remember, it I is? played. That was the first thing I did on this computer was see how league ran, and it runs at like, it runs at like seven eighty p or whatever at like fifteen mm. frames a second. But it runs. It runs, and my computer doesn't crash. That's something. Uh, besides that, going into my backlog buster, Nave, I finished Fear Two, and I forgot about that ending. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to replay cuz it's always on sale. But it's it's that similar situation where what is that other game? Oh, The Darkness, The Darkness 1 and 2 where I want to <laughs> replay those, but I don't get achievements for them cuz I've already beaten the shit out of both of them and I'm like I could be playing something that's going to give me achievements. So, we talked about uh, was it like last episode, we mentioned the story of Fear and just Fear in general or whatever, and I yeah. like I kind of knew the story of Fear 3. And I played Fear 2 before, and I just recently played Fear 1. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I know the story. I got in here, and I, the way they hit, like, you, you highlighted that Fear <laughs> 2 is not as good as Fear 1. And it became blatantly obvious what the problem with Fear 2 is. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners at home, I don't know how to highlight this, but God, I, I almost want to do like a better off played solo or something. A spoiler cast. We, of where this. we just talk about the Fear series, but we need to play Fear 3 for the pod at some point. 
We absolutely do. Before uh, the star was shut down. Uh, just so the listeners, I know you're not going to go back and play it, but for the record, at the end of Fear 2, uh, the ghost girl that is chasing you uh, rapes you and bears your child. <laughs> at the end. Terrific. Oh, they had to be edgy. Time, this is the edgy time. At the time. same time, there is another guy who is actively chasing her, and he's like, why didn't she choose me? And he tries to, like, beat you up. Absolutely. And you're like, I'm just trying to save everyone after we got nuked. And so this, the game is odd compared to... <laughs> God, it's like the first one is so much better because the first one's, like, really tragic. They're, like, experimenting on this little girl. It's very sad. She's literally locked in a, like, a a tube since she's like eight years old and then as she's like aging they end up forcing her to get pregnant or something like that like twice and have like two different kids and then they take the kids away from her only waking her up for her to give birth and then take the kids away and then they put her back in stasis it's really messed up fear two is messed up in different ways yeah i don't know good gameplay uh story not good i don't think that's the review yeah Nave, what did you buy? Uh, just just Resident Evil, and God. it's good. I already, I mean, I, we we already talked about that. I barely played any of it. I still need so, to be fucking Inshin. I have something about I am trying to buy. Where Jana hit me up yesterday, and she's like, "Hey, hey, hey, people! There's a uh, a <laughs> sale. <laughs> See that joke there's, joke for five people to listen. Yeah, there's a, a sale. Uh, someone's auctioning off on base. Um. I think it was on base or maybe like nearby on the little Facebook auctions marketplace or whatever. PlayStation four rock band instruments, mic, guitar, drum set, and disc $30. But, but it was like, an four, auction. but it was $14. Whenever it started yesterday, it has risen to $30 today. And it's right like now twice as much. I know. <laughs> I'm wondering how, like if it's, if it's under $60, I'd say it's so worth it. At this point we could get it and try to resell the instruments yes. for more than you like, what do you mean sixty dollars if it's under like four hundred dollars it's worth it you can re you can flip guy, that he doesn't know what he has yeah he literally does not know what he has dude i'm constantly like every time i drive by there's a like a, a garage sale or something i'm always thinking about it i'm like do i walk up just this random homeless man looking through the, this old lady's <laughs> belongings hoping i'll see a super mario nes cartridge or something i don't think you're going to see that anymore yeah, I don't think so either. We're past the day that you're lucky to find NHL 08 or something like that on disc. Dude, I don't know, man. I mean, I know Magic the Gathering has blown up over the past like four years, but like four years ago, I went into a vintage stock and there was like a little thing of bulk rares. I think I talked about this on the pod. Anyway, it, but it's like I it was like one dollar for each card, and I found Ristic Study in there. I found like three of them, and those cards were like twenty dollars back then. So I'm <laughs> like, all right, these are mine now. And then I sold them immediately and regretted it. Because I have since bought a couple them. of yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I buy I bought more Ristic studies afterwards when they were more expensive, and I'm just like, I wish I just had those old ones. I know uh, back whenever I was at uh, Herbert Field or in Florida, uh, we have like a thrift store on base where uh, airmen. It's just like a fundraising type thing. Like you can come in and just give them your stuff, and then they usually sell them for really low prices back to other airmen, and it's used to fund activities around the base. It's, you know, it's a cool thing. And I went in there, and I'm like, oh, they got a video game collection. There's so many people that probably just, like, gave away old games or stuff like that. And of course, I go in there, and there's nothing but old PC games that odds are probably <laughs> don't even function anymore. Toontown. 
yeah stuff like that like just unbelievably old stuff or they do have like some 360 or xbox teams like what have they got i look and it's nothing but like madden nhl perfect old, dark yeah old call of duty and i've been perfect dark i would have grabbed perfect dark but <laughs> they had metal gear rising revengeance just Dude. the disc and so i bought the disc for like two dollars <laughs> So, backwards uh, compatible i'm pretty yeah, sure it's backwards compatible I, ha- I still have it i have not played it but i keep thinking one day i'm gonna pop it in and i'm gonna see the final nano machine sun cutscene. did uh did they have 50 simple in the sand no that would have been grabbed so fast i would have grabbed <laughs> yeah for the listener that doesn't know like that game that game was put into the backwards compatibility program but only physically so there's no digital copies of that game because of the copyrights with all the music and stuff. Because that game is literally just an album, uh, like a hip hop album from like 2014, right? So, yeah. uh, I and so whenever it got announced for that, it was it was like 150 dollars on eBay and shit. Everyone was fucking gouging us. I'm like, no, <laughs> just for 50 cent blood on the sand. I I always wanted to play this game, but I'm not paying 100 dollars for 50 cent. Which is is that like that, that's the sequel? To the first 50 cent game, right? I don't remember. I think it has something to do with crystal skulls. Skulls made out of diamonds or something like that. That's what he's looking for. I don't know. Okay, no. See, I was thinking of, uh, yeah, there's there's 50 cent Bulletproof, and then there's 50 cent Blood on the Sand. That Blood on the Sand is the sequel to Bulletproof. Because I remember our friend Cody growing up, he had like a bajillion PlayStation 2 games, and he had Bulletproof. And I remember even as a child thinking, why would they make this game? I you know now that I'm looking at the the box art I've 100% seen this. You know what it reminds me of? There was a <laughs> Look up 25 to life video game. I loved this game as a kid. 25 to life. Oh god, it looks like Bad Saints Row. It's more like Bad Mafia. Okay. <laughs> the original Mafia game. It's it pretty looks... terrible. Oh god. And I don't remember I if it imagine. came I don't remember if it came with a soundtrack. I pre-ordered this game. <laughs> As a kid, I pre-ordered this game. I'm I don't know if it came at... with a soundtrack or not, or if the CD itself was a soundtrack, like how old PlayStation yeah, 1 you games just were like that. Play. But uh, I, would, I, I would have a CD Walkman, Sony Walkman, and just go to school listening to the 25 to Life soundtrack. Dang, you were hard. Yeah. It... it... <laughs> This looks like shit. I'm pulling it. <laughs> it looks real bad. And we're, we're talking about the darkness one and two. Yeah, dude, those games are good though. <laughs> they were good, but boy, did they look bad. I'll never forget the stupid stabbing the car door with your tentacle arm thing to rip it open. And it just like goes through it. It just, dude, I lo- I remember whenever I would stand in the mirror and like walk left and, and right. And like your hair like flips around. Yeah. Oh it was modern God. gaming back then. Meanwhile, I look at Final Fantasy 15 when their hair is just like multiple layers of polygons stacked on top. I'm like, this is ugly. I don't know. Dude, in uh, uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake, you can change. He has, there are two separate toggles for Leon's hair. Or there's a toggle for two separate settings for Leon's hair. Like high fidelity hair and like low fidelity hair. Like legit. I mean, how does it look? I don't know. I turned. I didn't turn it on because I was like, I don't. This better not make my frames dip. Like I, <laughs> I'm not gonna turn on the high fidelity here. I'll never forget. Whenever I was like, I don't know, ten, I had pneumonia. I was in the hospital for like a week, and my mom ended up buying me a copy of Shrek One, 
to make me feel better. And so I watched Shrek one in the hospital because they had a little DVD player attached to the TV or no, that was, I think I had like a PlayStation two. And so we'd use that as like a DVD player, of course. And man, I spent so much time watching that movie over and over again. Then I started watching the the behind the scenes stuff and they showed like the 3d renderings for donkey's hair. Cause donkey wasn't like a flat <laughs> model. He actually had hair and they would show, they're like, Oh, we can even like crank it up. And so it would like, have massive renderings of donkey's hair like <laughs> flopping and flying around like where it's fully simulated i'm like my god that's such modern technology this is insane we'll never reach this in video games meanwhile shrek one looks like dookie now if you go back and watch it dude have you watched toy story i used to think that it was real life when i was a kid i used to think those were real toys i mean have you seen the children in toys <laughs> those i don't even, i didn't even remember the children existed <laughs> until They're i saw so the round meme. and smooth <laughs> that's the meme you, we just brought that up the i don't want to play with you anymore meme yeah i, I saw that meme and i was like what is this <laughs> is this toy story 4 all right uh but yeah fear 2 my 31st game of the year i'm slowing down but i'm still chugging <laughs> along that goes right into our patreon segment oh i gotta pull up our patrons thanks insane cracker nigga knight hopple michael superbacker and the intergalactic pinecone we couldn't do without you boys and we definitely need to come up with something to do for the Patreon since you know, listening together is kind of on hold. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to try and figure that out. I don't, I don't think I'm thinking about maybe like a, a like solo stuff, like just doing Q&As and stuff like that. But also, Nave, what's on the Twitter? We do not have a Twitter. Excellent. So with that, do we hit the meat here or I don't I don't know what happened in the previous episode or previously yes. on gaming together yes uh the, the listener does here does know but i basically just meandered through a bunch of like random questions that i had written down over the past like week and a half i mean did you talk about our game of the week yes yeah, so we mostly talked about twin rigor i i think as a general in general we talked about like lilimo games which was the company that made this but that's the he has a majority of stakehold i think in All that right. Let's take a quick break and then we'll hit the meat. Philip, what? This morning, I we uh, we went to go get McDonald's. Got a ten piece nug. Opened it up. Seven McNuggets. Is this a bad omen? You know, seven is often seen as a uh, a lucky number. Yeah, maybe, but it's not ten. Yep. At least it wasn't four. Four is unlucky, right? Well, four is unlucky in Japanese. I don't know if it's unlucky everywhere else. Four is unlucky in Japanese because it sounds like the word death. Are there any other? Oh, 13. I'm like, there's got to be other unlucky numbers. Maybe that six. Be... If you got 13 nuggets, would you feel better? Yeah. I mean, it probably would be a bad omen, but I, I at least I'd have extra chicken. And what was sad? Extra chicken's a good name for a rock band. <laughs> dude, I was also thinking, dude, there is a Magic the Gathering card called Blind Obedience. And I was just like, this is a fucking band name, dude. Blind oh, obedience. I thought you'd be like, this is where I'd use it because it has special effect to add three chicken nuggets to eat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give me three chicken factories so I have infinite production of chicken McNugget. Yeah. And I can multiply this and it will actually clone this card in Procket's effect three times. Dude, it's just like League of Legends, how they, they have Pentakill and all their song names are after like abilities and yeah. items. Dude, there's so many cards that could be song names. It's insane. Which so do you think they come up with like you probably actually looked into this, but the the game makers the the game masters that develop the cards do they come up with names first or cards or like how do you think it works with the the workflow? 
I, 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 I don't know what comes Perfect. first out of the effects and the names, but I know those are first, and then the art is afterwards. Of usually, course, yeah. usually they get like the artist will get a like the title, and then generally what the card's going to do, and like the card types and how big it is and stuff like that. So they have like a really good idea, which is really funny because there are a lot of cards. Like people listening should go and look up a uh, strange Magic the Gathering card art because like way <laughs> back in the day. Uh, they would just get like the name and the color, and that's it. And and there are some card arts where, uh, what is it? There's a there's a lemur card. Yes, this one. Uh, this card, like, look up. Oh, this is a horrible name. Uh, <laughs> they're often like that whenever they're specific. This card, I'm gonna put, copy paste it into the chat for Philip. But for the listener, it is Hi lemur. Hyalopotorus lemur. I don't know how to say this word. I uh, mean, you nailed it. Hylopotorus <laughs> the, the lemur. Yeah. But that's the point, is that it's, it is not lemur, it is lemur. <laughs> oh, is it? Is that yes. a, a stance? There's no lemurs in magic. Yeah, I see him. He doesn't look bad. But he's a, it's, it's supposed to be a demon. Yeah. But they drew a lemur. Like, that's the point. Like, that is a, oh, that is a lemur. Yeah, and a demon, like, a, 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 it's a lemur. It's a lemur. Wings. wings. <laughs> This thing is well. That's probably he probably got demon card type. So he's like, oh, it's got to be not just a lemur. But it says a, a lemur or whatever it was a shade or a spirit of a restless or malignant dead in Roman religion and probably oh, got no. it. It's not that. <laughs> it's not whatever that is. So, well, that's that's a big problem with um worm versus worm. Like, because worm with a Y is like a dragon. Yeah, but then there's worm. worms that are worms in Magic together. Yeah, that's W-U-R-M for the underground ones. I wonder, do, do you think those names have, like, correlations? What do you mean? Because, like, those different dragons, like, what is it, wyverns or whatever? How how do you say that? But it's, no, like, it's they're different, wyverns, right? Wyverns, dragons, drakes. Uh, I don't know what you call the Chinese dragons. The Ryu's. Chinese dragons. Is it a Ryu? I don't know. The, the yeah, because the, there's a lot of distinctions between all the dragons, right? Yeah, but it, but the oh. were the worms is the is the weaver or whatever are those like the most worm like? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the fucking weeds right now. I'll never forget though. What was it? I think it was like my daughter. Like I used to take her to the on base library, and at one point she got a book that was just called like dragons, and it was just <laughs> an art book that just had different kinds of dragons. And it was almost, I assume it was a D and D reference because it was like black dragons live in poisonous swamps and traditionally like it would give you like, it was just world building for dragons. Dude, what if it was like a runescape, like <laughs> for runescape dragons, like a, a walkthrough book. I don't know. Maybe insert sea shanty two here. No, no, I'm not inserting anything. Runescape referenced. What are we, what are we doing? Are we doing this? Yeah, we you don't have we don't have anything written in the doc. I'm okay. See, I spent a lot of time trying to find the old doc because I think I wrote notes because I wrote a lot of notes about this because I was like, oh, we got to be prepared. We're getting a big name guest on. We got to make sure we got our ducks lined up. And then I get in here and I'm like, there's nothing in the notes, Nave. Did you make a new doc? Yes, I didn't know there was an old doc. Yeah, I couldn't find it. I'm pretty sure I actually deleted it and made it into the uh, the Streets of Rage 2 one doc or whatever. But anyways, Twin Breaker. A, what's the full title? A Sacred Symbols Adventure. Did you already do the developer and everything? Well, the developer is Lilymo Games. 
and it was published by East Asia Soft. Or maybe it was also public. I'm pretty sure it was published by Lilymo Games as well. But I think East Asia Soft did the physical stuff. Or I might just be making something up completely. So, Nave, what is your? Hold on, let me pull this up. I want to make sure we got the right stuff. Okay, yeah, Lilymo Games was the developer and publisher on Steam. Currently, nine dollars. Twin Breaker, a Sacred Symbols adventure, is a story-driven, brick-breaking game molded in the style of '80s arcade classics like Arkanoid and Breakout, but with a plot, characters, and meaning. Steam Store. That's actually a really good description. Read the next part. In the early 2300s, Earth is still recovering from decades-long world war that engulfed most of the planet, except for an isolationist United States that used its power and prestige not to fight, but to reach for the stars. But when NASA's generation ships disappear in interstellar space, only two pilots are capable of figuring out why. Steam stories. Which, that's a trope I love, by the way. Generation ships, where you just like... We're Dude. sending the ship out here, like, and just goes out. This is like, as far as like sci-fi goes, better than killer android robots that think they're human. I love generation ships. I'm so upset that you weren't there with Colin when Colin was here because, dude, he, he there were so many times that he would start talking. I'm just like, man, Philip would love this right now. Like, I wish yeah. Philip was here to put his input in. He brought up fucking. He brought up Bubble Bobble. What are the odds? Yeah, out of all the fucking games he could have... He was like, yeah, we've been thinking about making a Bubble Bobble game. And I'm like, what? <laughs> a what kind of game? Which is weird that he names a Bubble Bobble because there, I don't think there's a lot of Bubble Bobble clones. No one's no one's ripping off Bubble Bobble. Yeah, that's the thing with this with this uh, this breakout style game. Like, there's not a whole lot of those either. So I think that's just, that's just kind of their thing. Nate, what's your history with the breakout genre, first off, before we get into the game? Uh, not a huge fan. I remember playing it, like, I, some of my earliest memories, I remember playing it with my mom and my grandma. So, I mean, I guess it might have been formative, but I, I'm not a huge fan of, like, kind of RNG. And most breakout games, like the good ones, it eliminates a lot of the RNG, but there are still moments, even in this game, which is very modern take on breakout, where uh, RNG kind of takes the reins where you're like just kind of watching the timer tick down and you just can't hit that fucking last couple of little bricks. But I think that's inherent to the genre. Yeah. Uh, I really like the breakout genre. I remember back in like high school, I think it was like every once in a while I would hang out with my dad after school while he was a computer teacher and all the computers would have like pocket tanks and a breakout clone installed on it. And I think they had another game too, but I don't really remember it. But I would once you you only play pocket tanks by yourself for so long. <laughs> but I would play the breakout game and it would get so brutal because there's like a thousand levels in that. And of course it wouldn't save your progress each time you come back. So I would just have to start a new game and try to get as far as I can, as fast as possible. And I would always love it when you get like the laser power up and you can start blasting the bricks by hand. I'm like, finally, it's a shmup, the game I want to play. Yeah, that's the thing. I I remember when I was playing, I I played this co-op with a with a couple of people, and I remember one of them remarking because I was like, "Oh yeah, finally the gun power up," and they were like, "Do you even like breakout games if <laughs> you're only happy when the gun power up shows up? Maybe you just want to play Galaga." <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, I just "Oh, play Galaga." <laughs> oh, you're right. Maybe I don't know. I don't even really particularly like Galaga. I'd rather be playing Doom Eternal. <laughs> actually dig dug was my favorite dude dig dug fucked until you got to like the when dude, the, dig, like level three so and it changes yeah I, I can't do it once it gets hard i'm like i'm not having fun i like to win <laughs> but i love the music how it only plays when you walk you know dude and then it's way 
and then it stops whenever you fucking stop yeah. moving. That's the fucking. It's a good game. Best. All right, but uh, besides that, uh, modern break or breakout clones. I know there's a lot of games where you just launch like a thousand balls on iPhone and stuff. Which my favorite one is called Piffle. I don't know. This is a weird one that uh, me and Jana played for like months where it is of course like you can pay for more energy because you only get so many things but the whole premise is you have these cats and you take the cats and you launch them at the bricks and they're they're round cats and you can like level up and evolve your piffles which that's what they are they're the cats and so you get different genus of piffles that you're like customizing so you have like a siamese one and the whole point is like as you break the bricks you unlock more i wouldn't say this is much of a break brick breaker because it's more like you uh you fire and forget it kind of thing i don't know how to describe it but i like piffle i was okay so what i'm gonna say to you was uh piffle sounds like a drug in skyrim <laughs> like the elder scrolls like of oblivion whatever. yes or, uh, the green icky or whatever it was called what i don't remember there was one in from the shivering isles that would turn your screen green it was just oh like yeah a pile of green moss or something that you would just eat yeah that's why i don't remember it um Shivering Isles was great, but I didn't. Fuck. I was playing for achievements at that point. But the game is definitely in the classic style. One interesting note about it is how big everything is on the screen. Like this yes. is not like modern. Like for, um, like it's made for modern displays. But you'd expect modern displays. You have a lot of real estate to work with. We got a you know seventy five inch TV downstairs taking up ninety percent of my wall. So when you play this game and you realize that there's only at most like, I don't know. 40 blocks on the screen possible besides you you, until you hit like the sides and it's very different compared to peggle which can have like 80 pegs on the screen and you have a tiny ball that bounces around the whole pachinko parlor but how closely zoomed you are in this makes it so much more stressful because you're (laughs) fast on the reaction time it's funny too i think it's because it was developed to be on the vita oh really yeah yeah so okay that kind of makes sense then because it, I don't know, is Peggle on the Vita? I mean, Peggle's not the same kind of game, though. You don't have to uh, react to things in Peggle. Peggle's fire and forget. Yeah. Dude, have you seen those? Du- have you watched any Doug Doug since like, we last talked? No. Was he playing dude. Peggle? <laughs> yes, dude. He speedruns Peggle, like, a lot. He, he'll do a speedrun, and he's like, ev- but every every two shots, I give chat control of my next shot. Oh, God. And they have, he has a script where they get to maneuver yeah, them. Like right, left, right, left, fire. Yeah. It is so, it is such a good video. It's so clutch. They do beat Peggle. Excellent. Uh, this game, what is really notable about it is that it is focused on cooperative or cooperative play or kind of is because it's about two ships going out. The, uh, was it the salutations and greetings? Yeah, greetings and salutations. Yep. Uh, each piloted by a different member of the crew. And they are lost in space and they get contacted by aliens. It's been a while since I played the story. I just t- retouched it on the gameplay yesterday. I'd be like, okay, let me make sure I remember everything about this. But I didn't retouch the story. Well, it, they essentially go through like a wormhole that's around a planet. Oh, yeah. And uh, everyone that, every, all the other ships that go through there uh, don't come back. Oh, yeah, that was it. And there was like a beacon that they were following in space trying to get figured out and they find aliens or something. But, is it aliens? I don't remember. They, I don't remember. It's I, I. One thing I do remember is that like all the bricks that you're breaking are like parts of like broken parts of the ships that went through before or something like that. It, that's like in a, like one of those logs. Yeah, they're just you, like random fragments that I that I can grab. And there's like giant boss monsters that you fight too, which are really like the boss fights. Those are really cool, really well done. 
but in the actual gameplay, what makes it so interesting is you control both ships at the same time if you're playing solo. So it's like you have, uh, was it up and down or right and left? I don't remember which one. Depending on the level, you would have up to four different paddles on the screen, on different sides of the screen all at the same time. And that is a lot. It gets very hard. Like it took me a long time to actually finish this game. I even had my daughter like swapping in and out with me to work on it. Or we did the uh, the overcooked where I gave her half the controller and I had the other half. And we were just sitting right next to each other playing this game with half a controller each. Because this game is supposed to be just plugging another controller and play co-op. But hey, we couldn't get it to work. I forgot to admit, I forgot to bring this up also. God damn it. I wish you were there. <laughs> um Yeah, so I have distinct memories of playing this co-op with people. Um, on the Xbox. So I don't know if there was some kind of like a global update on the Xbox side because I talked to Barry of Lilimo, the guy who developed this. I talked to him on the Discord over on uh, LSM's Patreon thing. And he said that he would look into it, that there was no updates like that he that he did that could have possibly done that. The, mm. it, the game was basically just put up on the store and then just not touched again. So he, they assumed that it was... You like, mean it didn't launch end. broken and had to get fixed with day one updates and all that stuff? Yeah, well, it launched like a year later on Xbox, like every other fucking game, because oh, yeah. <laughs> everyone's skipping us. But, um, yeah, so I, I don't know if this... I, I was planning on like buying it on the Switch and just experimenting with it, but I forgot about that. Yeah, but it has multiple... Like, outside the story, it has a lot of modes which this really interested me more than the story missions. Like, I don't know if you, you mess with these, but like they have like a random mode. They have a yeah. shooter mode where it is just shooting <laughs> where, like, where this one actually, we had a lot of fun because like me and my daughter, once again, each having half a controller, we're just shooting the blocks as they're like falling towards you, I think, or something like that. And yeah. you're, we're each on like half of the screen and we got to like work together. Sometimes the blocks will be in the middle and they take more shots. I really like that one. In fact, I almost wish they had like I want a co-op shmup game now. Uh, they well, there's no co-op in it, but this same studio made Habroxia, which is a shmup. Or I don't know. I'm kind of thinking about it. Like, what if? That's kind of weird. I'm trying to think like maybe somehow they could do a heavy weapon co-op. Maybe oh one God. person driving, the other one shooting, or something like. I don't know how the, how it could actually be interesting co-op wise unless you guys could like switch and use different abilities or something like that. Like maybe one person had a laser, the other person had a machine gun or rockets or something like that. So you would need to swap. Like these enemies are only damaged by energy weapons. So the guy with energy weapons would need to switch to the gun or the guy with physical. I don't, this is getting stupid. What, heavy, why isn't there a heavy weapon too? Because PopCap is getting by just re-releasing Peggle every year, whatever. Great. The Skyrim effect. Yeah. They can just keep selling Peggle and keep selling Feeding Frenzy forever. I mean, I buy Feeding Frenzy every now and then. The same game. Just, <laughs> yeah. It's only nine bucks. Might as well. Which Feeding Frenzy's co-op, I think. I w- is there an online co-op in Feeding Frenzy or Feeding Frenzy 2? Is it, is it, might it be still local. up? Yeah, it oh, might be local. Okay. Those games are so old. They're so old. But I used to play the crap out of those. Like back, once again, back whenever I was like, I don't know, nine, I would walk from school to my wife, or not my wife, my mom's office, and she would have an old computer with Feeding Frenzy installed. And also she had like a little TV with a little VCR in it, you know? And we had a VHS copy of Ice Age 1. (laughs) (laughs) 
So every day I would play Feeding Frenzy and watch Ice Age while I wait for it to get done working as I'm like in the in the back closet of the office. Have you made your kids watch Ice Age 1? I I would never rewatch Ice Age. Dude, I, just like the whole time they're watching it in Miserable and the camera pans to you and you're mouthing every word. Because you remember I watched it. it so much with the... hate it so much. God, even even the characters played for laughs, like the, the sloth. It's not funny to me anymore. <laughs> like, it's not funny. Stop it. People are... There's a child in danger and they're making jokes. <laughs> We're not the target audience anymore. I guess not. But I I enjoyed my time with uh, the story and these little extra modes. What about you? I feel like I've been overrunning you. No, I uh, I think there's a boss rush mode as well. Yeah, there isn't is. there. So yeah. there are bosses in this Brick Breaker game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The silence is just funny to me now at this point. Yeah, bosses in a Brick Breaker game. What do you think about that? That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, I like it. It's, it makes it feel like a shmup because, like, you're just repeatedly bouncing the ball into them, only they'll, like, they'll shoot things down that can, like, hit your paddles, and I think it stuns your paddle or knocks it out or something like that, which I enjoyed. One thing we didn't highlight or, like, I haven't said so far is you have the ability to throw your paddle out into the board. Oh, like, yeah, right. Like, if you shoot, like, if you're like, oh, man, the ball is, like, repeatedly bouncing against these two walls or it's stuck or something like that, or it's just rng killing you you can send out a blast from your paddle from one side or the other that will push it in one direction it also rewards like bonus points and to be honest i was struggling so much with losing the balls i would just fire out these paddles all the time just to get bonus (laughs) points because like every a thousand points you would get an extra life or something something along those lines and they would give you like i don't know like 25 points for every paddle so i would just shoot that every time it was up my throw my little paddle out there and get an easy 25 points and as the level progressed by the end of it i would have like two free lives by the end of the level just because i was always doing this that's funny because like i never used it It, because it just it added to the complexity of like just don't let the ball fall and but it's also like it's helpful for whenever things start getting stuck like when i was talking about before about why i generally don't like these breakout style games is because it's like if, if the game doesn't have a specific way to like regularly angle the ball the way that you want it to like to add some kind of skill in that area like there needs to be a way to like reduce that rng and this definitely does that if you can get good at it but i was never actually like good at it like i would always like barely tap it or like miss it by a little bit and these things have a pretty long cooldown so yeah. Uh, one thing I do respect about this game is how much it expects from you as a player. And the skill ceiling is probably skill. My Oklahoma is coming out. The skill ceiling to this is probably <laughs> way up in the sky because I can assume like people playing this could probably get insanely good at just being good at juggling the ball. Meanwhile, I can only go about five bounces before I lose one because I'm controlling, you know, four paddles at once and terrible at it. Yeah. That's something we talked about before where it's like, he we we talked about like the generational gap between like gamers where like it dep- like if you grew up on 3D games it's is it harder to play 2D games inherently because 2D games are like a completely different skill set he was talking about like whenever he first whenever this game first came out people were complaining about how hard the game was and he was blindsided by that because he had played it so much now at that point like play testing it and everything yeah. that he just forgot that it's almost like the, it's like that uh that conundrum in rock band 
where I'll have a friend over and they're like, hey, is this hard on, on guitar? Can I like switch to, can I switch to hard difficulty? Should I stay on medium? And I'm like, dude, I have no fucking idea if this song is hard. Because yeah. I think easy song, I think I think songs that are easy are like super hard randomly on medium, and I just have no context for it anymore. Yeah, that's I don't know. I, there's something about games that I uh, every game is just a game, of course. But the games that force you into a specialized skill that you have to basically improve on, I love that stuff. I, that's probably why I like Dark Souls so much is that it makes you grow as like with an ability. Or that's why I like DJ Max Respect so much. Because as I was playing them, I was getting better every day. I was always improving. I was leveling up in real life to get better in the <laughs> game. I love that stuff in games. And it's weird I just like numbers play, to get like, bigger. True. You're on that RPG where I just want to press A and do more damage. Yeah, well, I scroll Twitter. Makes me think about like Halo. Like when was the last time you felt you got better at Halo? Or do you think... like I feel like at this point, I'm probably worse... At Halo, then like I've, I've passed my prime as a first-person shooter. Like I was probably better in high school than I am now. There, yeah, there is like a it's like a low bar to that to the point where like if you're gonna improve anymore, you're gonna just have to start repeating stuff, like repeating random things by yourself, not in games. Yeah, like trying to do the slides and stuff like that, or like uh like the slide boosting and whatever. I don't even really remember how to do that anymore. Or it's like when we're playing ARAM, I ended up getting Ziri, a new ADC I'd never played before. I didn't even know this champ existed. And I went out there and I get a quadra kill, like in the first like team fight. I'm like, this character, you just, they just do damage. Like all the characters <laughs> are the same. Like my skills transferred over to this new character with no problem. So I don't, I just don't know, man. It's weird how skills work in games. Yeah, and I'm def. If it's 2D, then I'm just gonna struggle. That's just something that I've conceded to. Yeah. Let's see. Besides that, there's like a random mode where it just creates a random level, random like uh, block placement, uh, random paddle placement because that's also a big factor, uh, and border placement because yeah. some levels are easier because it has a larger border on the side. It's like a little safety net. Some levels are harder because there's just like no border at all besides the corners you're like man this is gonna be rough does it does it uh alternate between like four paddles and two paddles uh i think it's just true random because there was some games where i had two or four which when we say yeah. two or four you always have two on the bottom i think and you sometimes have paddles on the side of the screen as well i don't know if we said that yeah they control with up and down on each analog stick these analog each paddle's controlled by the analog sticks their respective one yeah all right besides that i really don't know what more in meat points we have that's probably there's nothing in the it. notes nave don't look yeah there's nothing in the notes i was just looking at screenshots of this game and just one is like <laughs> the blocks are just in the shape of a dick now like those are the <laughs> ones that are left i was like man uh we talked about hours played ceiling. i think when i looked i had Four hours, and I think you had eight. I think I've oh, this is a, a decently long game for an arcade title. Yeah, what's really interesting is that it's like on the Xbox at all. Like, I wonder if there's any PlayStation iconography in the game at all, because the 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 logo for Sacred Symbols has the four buttons. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, those are abstract enough that I don't think it matters. Like space Applebee's. In fucking high on life. 
let's see. No, I don't think I have anything more. All right. Well, we don't. I don't think we need to take a break again. No, nope. ready for final words. A lot of breaks. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. The music doesn't play. I'll take these first final words, Nave. This game is going to be a recommend for me, probably on any other system than Xbox, though, assuming the co-op works on there, because I could see this being a very good couch co-op title. Playing it by myself, honestly, this game is not my breakout. Like, I probably would rather play another breakout style game. I enjoyed it for what it was, and I liked the different modes, and some of the funnest parts I had was when I was playing with my daughter, my 15-year-old, where she had half the controller overcooked style. We were just making it work where I'm like, this is co-op now. We're doing, like, this is how we do it. <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. But when I was playing it by myself, honestly, I was just putting on a podcast and just breaking bricks and hoping for the best because, boy, I sucked. Uh, I guess, to be honest, I probably have, like, I think it even has, like, scoreboards where I could see, like, Nave's score compared to mine. And you were probably beating me on every single one. On Peggle? No, on, on Brick Break, or whatever. Oh, okay. Which I don't know if we mentioned that on the pod, but Jana was playing on uh, Peggle the other day, and she saw all your scores just being insanely high compared <laughs> to hers. It was just like a lot. It was my mom. My mom played Peggle. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. was like her favorite fucking game. She would play Peggle or this pinball game, like Pinball FX2 or whatever. Pinball FX2, where the download is free, but you need to buy the boards once you get in the game. So, Philip. Apparently, Did you do your final words? No. Oh. I'll do this in a second. The So apparently Left 4 Dead 3 reference was found in Counter-Strike 2 files. I was surprised there was a Counter-Strike 2. Counter-Strike <laughs> 2. Today. Yeah, I got announced not, like just very, very recently. But in the code itself, I'm just like fl- looking through this. One of the things that it says, it's like severity equals high, priority equals none. I don't know if this is, I think it's just a joke, a troll for people looking through the yeah, code. It sounds like something for the code monkeys to find and be like, hmm, what is this? Priority none. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, never mind then. I'm not looking at this no more. I'm upset. My uh, final words this game is pretty fun if you want to like uh, a weekend game. It's always very cheap, it's about like $10. I think it goes on sale every now and then. I'm not sure how much. Lily Mo has like say in that, but um, it's a pretty approachable game, but it does have a very high skill ceiling, especially if you, damn it, I did ceiling as well. Uh, if you are bad, particularly at these kind of like arcadey types of games, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around the four paddles. If you, if you get frustrated easily, it's really easy to like rage quit, like in those situations. But because there are moments where I was like kind of just stuck on a level for like 15 minutes. And I'm just yeah, like, how is too. this possible? Like this level <laughs> is just impossible. Oh, is this one? The other, there's a lot of levels. I'm like, the other levels were not this bad. And then the level, levels afterwards are just like totally fine. And it just makes yeah. you matter about what happened. Like, why was I stuck? Why was I so bad? But it's, it's like RNG a lot of the time. Like sometimes it's like the placement of specific things, but like like sometimes there's like a sp- a little like border in the middle between your two paddles that gives you this like blind spot yeah. where you cannot influence where the ball goes because it's like gonna go all the way down and hit that where you have to use that little extra paddle boost attack, uh, or you're just screwed, and it'll just like get in a little loop like the diamond shape or something like that. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. 
but yeah, I think that this game is this game is definitely very cute. If you're a, a fan of Last Stand Media or like Sacred Symbols, you've definitely already purchased this because it has Sacred Symbols in the name. But um, yeah, you you have to be into into the arcade titles or like Deep Space lore, like Philip was talking about. This is like some, there's some like real sci-fi. <laughs> It's surprisingly deep on the sci-fi elements for the cutscenes, which are very short, by the way. There's like it's just like text boxes that pop up where they usually say, like, hey, let's go look in this asteroid field over here. Okay. Oh no, there's more debris coming to the battle stations. And then the level starts. <laughs> and that's like most of the cutscenes. Yeah. Uh it's supposed to be because it's like super it's like the it's the uh juxtaposition between like being really like in detail or like verbose but also like being a brick breaker which is like one of the simplest kinds of games <laughs> just a, a funny joke like that but uh it's very cool and cheap go ahead and grab it you know nave uh this actually i think it's pretty inspiring whenever i see a title like this because i like i don't know where gaming together is going in the future but i could imagine us at some point cobbling together something in game maker oh nine or whatever <laughs> or unreal seven when that eventually comes out we we come out with a gaming together title and we're like finally check out our title it, it, it's it's dog shit but come check it out it's literally stop nave's dog from shitting in his house that's the entire game. co-op one player plays as the bag the other one plays as the scoop yeah <laughs> it's like a, it's like a uh uh what is it on rail shooter but you're just controlling the the noodly arms <laughs> So we get to incorporate. Not what I, I thought you were gonna be like an Octo Dad situation. Yeah, so it's like moving her, and you're like trying to get behind the dog, to make sure it's so. Stupid. God, I wish we could play Octo Dad because I think that's co-op too. It's just like you each get two arms or something. Yeah, is that local? It's got to be. It's, local. it's probably local. God, such a good game. Balls. All right, what are we playing next week? Definitely not Battlefield because those games are getting delisted. Did you hear about that? No. Damn, those were on my list to play eventually. Well, not the newer ones. It, Bad Company 1 and 2 in 1943. No, those were the are... ones on my list. No. <laughs> you better fucking go get them then. Oh my god. The server's going to be dead, but who's playing those? I actually think people were playing Battlefield Bad Company 2 online. Yeah, like, I think a that was still popular. Like, I'll never forget playing it online. and I think that was one of the first ones where you could get people's dog tags by knifing them. Oh, yes. And so oh, you that's such a good as idea. As many tags as you could. And These knifing is hard. Stabbed. Yeah, because it, it, this isn't Call of Duty Modern Warfare knifing where you just like lunge and instant kill them. This is like you had to sneak up on them pretty much. Yeah. The only thing more egregious than that is the energy sword. <laughs> God. All right, let's get out of here. So thanks for joining us this week's co-op partners. Maybe next time we can all break some bricks together. Or get lost in space forever. Bye. 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 Bye.